They know how to make you smile. You're already here, why don't you stay a while? Kick back, relax, you freaks. They're playing all the tricks and taking all of the treats. Grab a whiskey and hang on tight. Smoke that bong with all your might. They write books, but that ain't all. One's short and smooth and one is hairy and tall. It's vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. They argue about everything and then drive each other so insane. Vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. It's vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. Best buds talking book of the week. And all the horror stuff that they think is neat Hanging loose doing ridiculous reads Not cause we deserve it cause it's what we need Vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne Argue about everything and drive each other so insane Vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne It's vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne Welcome to the end of the road and vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. I am John Wayne. With me, as always, is Christopher Triana. Christopher, we have a special... What? That, I'm sorry, was that a little voice to Matt? That was that? a little voice. Motown Philly is back <laughs> be, again. My, my, my heart skipped the beat there. I was like, ooh, ooh. You know, like 90s romance kind of. Well, let's not wait till the back. waters run dry. You know what I'm saying? Mm. No, wait. I don't really understand what you mean. But, but okay. Uh, but anyway, continue. because uh, I was going to say, you're, you're great. I love you. We have a special guest today. This is the first time thing on Vital Social Issues as far as having a guest that's on the entire show. And we couldn't be happier uh, with this one. He's an author. Uh, he's an author of a book with you. Um, he's a, a, a mysterious uh, stranger in the night who comes calling, and then you, uh, and then it double charge, like he reverses the charges when you answer because he's got like one of those auto dialer things. <laughs> Ladies Welcome. and gentlemen, the nightmare. Ryan, <laughs> Ryan Harding is here. <laughs> What's up, dude? Oh, hey guys. I'm. Uh, my name is uh, Archie Bell, and I'm also the Drells, and this is the music you tighten up with. <laughs> Tighten up, and I did, and I ordered that tightening cream too, as as per wow. your suggestion. Mm. Oh, well, I hope it's it's efficacy proves proves sound well, for you, man. I don't know if we get into that about it, but it's a cream for sure. Um, <laughs> Great to have well, you on the show, Ryan. Thanks for joining us today. I appreciate you guys having me. I'm esteemed to be the first uh, writer guest, allegedly. <laughs> yeah, Alleged, allegedly. No, no, definitely, yes, yes. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Well, sure. I meant more as a writer, allegedly, than guest, allegedly, but... Yeah. No, <laughs> there's a lot of... Ale- look, dude, look, there's a lot of alleging going on here. It's, uh... <laughs> I know we're being recorded, but we do- it's not, you know, like, do we need our lawyers present or what? <laughs> yeah, because Nick P. is not here, and he's my attorney. Boom, that's two minutes into the recording, <laughs> dude. Into the show, yeah. Um, no, Nick, actually, he was riding with me on our way to... Uh, on my on our way from Charlotte to Atlanta, we were riding, and I had a, a psychiatrist appointment where they call, you know, to check in and be like, "Oh, make sure your meds are all cool." And we were like, "We're driving," and like, so I was like, "Dude, let me just pick this up real quick. It's like a five minute phone call." So I hit it, and then she's like, 
hi, don't mind hanging out, you know, going through the whole bullshit. She's like, I have, um, just to let you know, I have some students with me today. This is like so-and-so and so-and-so on the line um, that are listening in for their fucking whatever. Do you mind? Is that okay with you? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. That's fine. Uh, just wow, so you know. Wow, that's weird. I was like, just so you know, I have my attorney present. Uh, he's here right now. And like Nick's like, hello, how are you? And she's like, okay, good. Good to, good to know. All right. Well, and she just like goes on with the whole thing. But I, I've been in appointments before where it's actually like the person is physically there when we could actually see each other. People could see each other in person. And they're like, hey, this is a student. And one time I went and the student was hot. And I was like, absolutely. You can sit in with, with this. And I was like, I just don't know anymore. You know? I just spread. I just tried to, you know. You know, well, you should have been, you should have like been like, well, I have my guitar. Let me just play a little song, show you how sensitive I am, and I, you know, like kind of I, woo her, you know. I didn't have my guitar though, but so you I should rely on my uh, my uh, uh, sad boy charm. Yes, because that's that's what women want. They want a little crybaby bitch. <laughs> You know, cry some more. That's what really, really women find attractive. I, I don't think we're qualified to say any the words what women and want on this show at all. Uh, <laughs> we're not experts. Unless we're talking about the Mel Gibson movie, um, then that's fine. And we're definitely not. <laughs> definitely <doing> not. That. <laughs> definitely. Although that is horrifying. Uh, yes. yes. Absolutely horrifying. Dude, um, uh, this week, dude, I've been balls deep in my Western writing it i'm really into it nice man good i'm glad um, i saw that you finished uh, the sequel to 13th coyote i did that. very exciting yes. ballad of the were vixens i i finished it uh, i did a whole other round of edits on it so now i passed it on to jared uh death's head and he'll pass it on to christine or whoever else and we'll go from there but yes uh uh part two uh, is is completed and there will be a part three it will be a trilogy i've i've really enjoyed this universe so uh, so how's so tell me more about yours though is it true though that it's it's what is it tale of the were vixens ballad ballad of the were vixens yes but then underneath it it's like part two electric boogaloo right you did uh, it's, it's something like, please tell me you included that there's that or part two judgment day or part two uh Freddy's Revenge, I think. Yeah. Speaking of, of, I watched that last night. Go, ah. what, 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 Ryan? I was just going to say, I was hoping it'd be called the 14th Coyote. Yes, yes that's what Jared said, actually. God <laughs> damn it. We've got to figure that out. I was thinking about that because, uh, you know, they're like they're all labeled the, the Westerns, you know, like book eight of, of nine is, is mine, you know, because uh, but they're all unrelated. But this one will be related, so I'm gonna have to put something on there like Coyote Two, or, or, or maybe I don't know. I I kind of preferred going like the route of just naming it, you know, whatever, whatever, and then on the back of the it, book would be yeah. like, here's the sequel to you know. Um, it's your number eight. I'm number you're, eight. Yes. So, dude, eight point two, Electric Boogaloo. See, it really <laughs> lends itself to yes to that. Um, no, I've uh, I've been um, like fucking also balls deep into drawing all these tarot cards, trying to like wrap up this project that I've been working on relentlessly. So I've been sitting and uh, every single night, like bringing up HBO Max uh, to start watching 
the uh, Snyder Cut of Justice League, but instead I always just end up watching one of the Nightmare on Elm Streets because they're all on HBO Max right now. So I've just been watching them all again. I watched part two last night, which I'm like, man, I fucking really like part two. I don't know why people are like, eh, part two, like, it's very divisive, I think. But man, I thought it was fucking rad. Like, I, it's divisive for a couple of big reasons. One of them is uh, because Freddy, it, it's the one that really doesn't have to do with dreams. Freddy kind of no, is yeah. more, it's more about possession and then he jumps into the real mm. world. So it kind of goes against the Elm Street mythos. But then also the other thing that makes it uh, divisive, uh, if, if, if that's the right term, is, uh, you know, it's the quote unquote gay Elm Street. Uh, you know, where you have the, the the male scream queen and there's just constant gay references and and are you look you're looking like you're not aware of this. Are you not aware of it? <laughs> no, no, I'm very aware of it. Like I've seen the documentary, I've seen okay, and plus okay. I've I watched like the five hour doc like uh after not Elm Street or whatever. Right, I, I watched right. all that. Yeah. But I'm just like no, I was looking like that because last night when I was watching it, I'm being aware of all these things. I was trying to think like if I have if I had just seen Nightmare One and this and I was going to see this, I had no other because right now, you know, I, I know everything about Freddy. If I was yeah. just seeing this, would I be satisfied with this sequel? Would I be like, uh, like, fuck this shit, man? Like and I, I looked at it like I think I'd be cool with this. It's creepy. There's some genuinely scary parts and like Freddy's makeup is all weird looking and his hand has got like the, the knives come out. And it's got some re like cool shots with the eye and the mouth, and yeah. I know it goes against the mythos, and they get back into it uh, in part. But like it, this this whole franchise has gone off the rails into like genie well, it, territory it has, and stuff but, like that. But, but it has, but but <laughs> that was the second one. I mean, you know, like so it kind of went off the rails. Ryan, what do you, what do you think about part two? I like that he's still fairly serious in that one. It's not turned into like the one-liner fest that it became. That's true. Probably yeah, by he's, part he's, three, that, which I'm not. I'm creepy. not denigrating part three. It's really good, but uh, the the second one still he's he's more menacing in that one than he you know was later in the the franchise. That's true. That's definitely true. Yeah, he became kind of like the stand-up comic of slashers. Uh, Probably, like you said, for like around three, um, and then it just got worse from there until we got to like Freddy's Dead, where it was just oh, absolutely Freddy's sick. Dead is so awesome, dude. That was the one I was I watched that as well, and he is just that cart. It's so it's such a cartoon. Uh, dude, I, 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 dude, I, I wasn't trying to denigrate it because, um, even though that that sequel is like pretty much universally hated, uh, I actually really like Freddy's Dead, uh, yeah. be, even though it is totally silly and ridiculous. Uh, the absurdity of it is what makes me enjoy it. Um, so I actually like Freddy's Dead. Yeah, it's like a ridiculous read that's a movie. It really is. <laughs> Dude, when he blows that kid's head up, the deaf kid, and he catches the fucking th the the hearing aid, and he's like, mm -hmm. "Nice hearing from you." Like, <laughs> and then when he like kills the one kid at the end, the main kid, and he like when he pushes out the bed of nails on it, and he's on his back, and he like. <laughs> and mugs the camera that's complete like wily e. coyote right there no, it, like, it it's is, absolutely and it's so fun it's but so that's fun exactly why so many people don't like it is because it's so cartoonish and so comedic like him being like the the wicked witch flying on the broom oh, and yeah that was cool and being in the video game and, and all that um 
a lot that I, and I can understand why people don't like that because there is nothing scary about Freddy's Dead. It is a, it, it's it's a terrible horror movie, but it's a very entertaining movie. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, so I can I get why people don't like it, but I do like it. So kind of think those people can piss up a rope. <laughs> I like it more I than I like it more than five. Five's the one that's my least favorite of of them probably. See, the I do Shop. like I like five because like I hold a candle for Skip. But I I know that they totally changed it. That's not yeah, what he wrote. It's not even what, what his his script anymore. Yeah. I, yeah. But I like the the kills in that. Like when the girl they force feed the girl to death. Like and he's like bon appetit, bitch. Like I yeah. really like that part a lot. Um, the other parts of that, of that one is like. really disgusting. Yeah. The, the yeah. unrated one. Yeah. Yeah. It's um. It, yeah. I I mean five is another divisive one. Um. But uh, I, I don't mind five. I, I like the idea of it. The whole thing of like uh, him going after the child. It's like, you know, like, how can you protect an in utero baby from dreams? You know, yeah, it's, it's like, do babies dream? Like, in yeah. Oh, fuck. Like, no, oh, fuck. I mean, a baby's in the, like a, a, a baby's whole nine month existence. Uh, well, I mean, maybe not nine months, but, you know, the whole the whole time that they're they're in there like it's all a dream for them it's you know so i like that concept a lot which can be credited to skip you know yeah. uh but yeah they they kind of fucked it up they on him but they definitely got hosed on that and he he talks about it a little bit in that documentary but yeah. i've talked to him about it as well and uh he's like the only i think and he might say this in the documentary but the only line that they wrote that they actually kept was it's a boy <laughs> he said he's like says that's the only thing they kept everything else they fucking changed yeah. and it's funny when you watch the credits because it's like by written by yeah. screenplay by john skip and you know specter whatever and then it well, like they had to fight the other that. person like comes in like they you know uh, what's her name uh who also wrote it uh fuck no, yeah, there's like there's like four or five people credited. Yeah, they like the, yeah. yeah, the names like kind of flash in, but their names like stay on the screen. So I like that was cool, I guess, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I, as a child molester, I don't guess a baby was too young for him either. <laughs> it's true. Exactly. Yeah, it's kind of like this weird miracle uh, in a way that Freddy was allowed to become this comedic figure when he was a, a child molesting, child murdering, mm -hmm. you know, uh, like demon, just an awful, awful person. And and then like everyone just kind of like, like was like, hey, Freddy's amazing. He was like one of the most recognizable people from the 80s, like him and Reagan and Michael Jackson, you know, like. Like seriously, you yeah, know? no, it it is, and I thought about that too as I've been watching all these because I watched like New Nightmare. I watched, I've just watched all of them. I have like the box set, but like mm -hmm. I said, I I can't bring myself to start the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League, so I just keep watching these Nightmare on Elm Street. Well, I would movies. I would watch Elm Street but, before I'd watch that shit too, right? Right, right. but but I, 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 I I'm but just you curious. You mentioned New Nightmare. That that's probably my least favorite one, and a lot of people really, really like that one. And I, I do I not like, like that it. One. Is it because like that kid is so fucking annoying? That's that's what killed it for me the last yeah. time I watched it. Yeah, that he, kid is bad. He's at a lot of the conventions that uh, I'm at. No. Nico, you want me to tell him like we're gonna kill his ass? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tell him that he sucks. All right. Uh, All right. But it's more than that. It's more than that to me. I just like the whole meta thing. I think is doesn't work uh for me um and i don't like it when people play themselves in a movie i just think it's kind of 
hoity and pretentious. Uh, and a lot of people really like New Nightmare a lot, and I that's like the one I, I've I saw it when it came out, really didn't like it, and I revisited it just out of curiosity because I have the box set. And I was like, yeah, I still really, really don't like this. Uh, and I probably mm. won't ever watch it again. That's but cool. I, I, liked, I liked Jason, it. Frey versus Jason, Freddy's Dead. Hilarious. These two are, right. are hated. And yeah. I, these two are hated. And I love both of those. So Yeah, I, and I've got that. It's it's awesome because I have that in my Nightmare box set. And then I got the new uh, uh, fucking Friday the 13th Scream Factory box set for my birthday from my, my wife. And it mm-hmm. also has like the Blu-ray new like Freddy versus Jason in it. Yeah. So. Well, I'm glad that we. Uh, I'm glad that we changed this. Like, this was going to be about death metal, but it's like now it's just about the Freddy movies. <laughs> this so. is the opening <laughs> this is, of the this show. This is how <laughs> this is how this show goes, Ryan. As as you know, you've heard the show. <laughs> I, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I will I, point out. I, I will point out a couple uh, years ago. I saw Elm Street Two with Jack Shoulder in attendance, ah. the director. Yeah. Although, although he didn't actually sit in there and watch it again, I think he's totally over it. So he just like split as soon as he introduced it. Yeah. <laughs> did he do Q and A after? Or no, he, he did it like... before. He did it before, oh, okay. and I think okay. it was cut and ran before it was over. <laughs> I would do the exact same thing. The exact <laughs> same thing. I'd be like, man, I got another set to do in my car with this weed, and I gotta go. Like, I gotta go, man. <laughs> I've seen this movie. You've been there, you know. It was a triple feature. It also was the hidden and uh, alone in the dark. Oh yeah, yeah. Alone in the yeah. dark has an interesting cast to it. It's uh, if I'm thinking of the same movie with Donald Pleasance and Martin Landau. Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. And it's a guy. It's uh, and there's someone else in it. Who's the other person that's in it? Uh, who was it? Like Peter Cushing or somebody like that? I'm trying to think. I don't think it was. Yeah. It was somebody. I don't, I don't know, but it, yeah, it had this interesting cast to it, and the hidden, the hidden, some good shit too. So that's a, that's a cool lineup. Did they have the other directors there, or they directed all three of them? Oh, he did. Oh, oh. okay, all right, yeah. Well, that's so was, interesting. Yeah, so it was like Jack Shoulder Night. Nice. I was trying to look up how, what happened in this or what the cast is, but I'm really slow. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's. I, I mean, it might. Have Christian been Slater, the... Tara Reed, Stephen Dorff. We're really on a roll right off the bat. This is not That's the, the right video game. Not the right one. It's a different movie. <laughs> this yeah. is, it was Donald Donald Pleasance and Jack Palance were in it. That's it, Jack Palance. Yeah, because Martin Landau is is the oh, other. Oh, there's one. a yeah. no, there's a remake of it. There's a so, 2005 yeah, Jack, remake. Yeah, no so. one cares about that. Um, I'm just. <laughs> Saying that's what no, came up first, so I could. No, I got like, Jack Palance, Stalin Pleasant, Martin Landau. I got it. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's that that was the one, right? Is that I couldn't remember? It was Jack Palance, yeah, because uh, yeah, Martin Landau. It was I knew it was the three of them are in it. Yeah, it's like these escaped uh, mental patients that like wreak havoc. Um, but yeah, it's it's it was it's pretty cool. I remember that movie. It really improves if you consider it like a prequel to Curly's story in City Slickers or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've seen that one. I'm gonna have to watch it. This is on Amazon. Yeah, it's worth a watch for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> Unpopular as it might be to say on here, I love the Snyder Cut of Justice League. <laughs> not, it, it's not. I have not. I haven't seen it yet, so I have not. It's not a unpopular yet. <laughs> well, I know you guys weren't big on his other movies in the DCU, and I actually liked them, so I don't suspect you'll have the same I liked Justice League. 
the first the, yeah it? i i saw it like because I, I i i i'm so easy to please on a lot of these things and i was like <laughs> everyone hates this fucking movie i'm just gonna get super high and watch it and i was like oh shit like batman holds this bug guy off the side of the thing okay that's cool and then i just kept watching it and i was like i don't know what's wrong with this this is like a if i was a kid i would be like this is cool i like this and it's a it's a movie for children. And, uh, you know, as much as we would hate, you know, I, I, we're adults and we like that stuff. But if I was a kid, I would like eat it up, yeah. I think. And I don't I wouldn't know what the difference between a Snyder cut and a Scheider cut was. I would just like I'd, I'd have Batman on my birthday cake and, you yeah. know, try to see like, you know, Christy Swanson's, you know, boob uh, when she blew out the candles for me. I don't know. You know, that's where I would be. That's an interesting birthday you're having. I know, I know, and that was my 32nd birthday. So, <laughs> yeah, I just, uh, I, I just have comic book movie burnout uh, personally. I, I think the last one I watched was um, Civil War. I think that's the one where all of the characters fight each other in that big battle, and no one gets hurt. <laughs> you know, I was just like, yeah, okay, you know, it's just like that. That's the thing. It's like, it's like, why am I like, where's the, where's the, uh, uh well, this... actually, Chris, uh, some well, people where, get no, where... hurt, Major. No, but, <laughs> but, but, I, I don't, I've not, I haven't no, actually nothing, seen it. War Machine was almost paralyzed, you insensitive bastard. Come on, you oh, oh, I see. But what was it is the thing. Like, they have the, they have this thing where, oh, they get hurt, but they're fine. You know, oh. like, and that's where, like, the suspense kind of disappears, where it's like, all these people are going to be fine because they're all, beloved characters I, I think that was the last one i saw um and uh, I, I just i just it, it's too much at this point for me there's just there's too many you know there's there's one out every month so i'm just kind of exhausted of it well it's definitely like pervade exhausted uh, the chris triana story that's right hey look <laughs> I, I like i've got michael keaton as batman cardboard cutout right behind me here as you can you see know. i I'm a fan. I am definitely, the, a and fan. you have the underoos to prove it. I was <laughs> goddamn right. Got the got the footy pajamas with the flap in the back for shitting, and uh, you also have that weird <laughs> flap in the front as well. And I just well, well that's for peeing. Attention idiot. to that. Yeah, that's, oh, okay. that's for peeing. Oh, okay, that's why it had those wings hanging from the side of it. Uh, well, that's a whole other. Thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's that's a different thing. But but no, I'm I'm a huge Batman fan. Enormous. Uh, and I'm also a Superman fan. I like DC more than I like Marvel. I always have. Uh, and DC does still make good stuff uh, as far as films, but it's the animated stuff like Flashpoint Paradox and and, and um, Batman the Red Hood. Like all of those are really good. Uh, uh, Apocalypse then, War was pretty awesome. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Apocalypse War. Uh, a lot of the Superman stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. That stuff is really good, but it's way better than the stuff that they're putting up uh, that's live action. In my, in my personal opinion, I'm just, I'm not interested in Ben Affleck as Batman. I'm not interested in Batman uh, being like the Punisher and brutalizing people. I'm not interested in a dark, brooding Superman. It just goes against everything I grew up with and, and always liked. So, yeah, it's just not for me, man. Well, myself being a dark and brooding, uh, appreciate <laughs> all of the dark and broodingness <laughs> And I wish that they would play emo songs like some My Chemical Romance dude, behind but, them but, as they start fighting. And, and I would be like, fuck yeah, dude, this is my Batman. And 
I well, see that, that, well, I that cry. I cry. Batman's always dark and brooding, always. Uh, but ultraviolet, he's not known for that. Uh, I was he saying can't. Superman is is dark and brooding, and that's not for me. And it's just not like a dark and brooding Superman is kind of like a cheerful go lucky Batman. It's just like it doesn't work with the character, you know. Unless it's Adam West, who of course is the greatest Batman we've ever had. Um, I love the Adam West show. I love it. Rest I love it. Power. I love it. Rest in power. I love that show. Holy fuck, do I love it! Um, the Adam West show because I usually would call it the the. Burt Ward show when I was, I was <laughs> Burt Ward's uh, Batman oh, Robin uh, whatever whatever <laughs> that, you that attached what to it, no well oh because if, then it was like Caesar the Caesar Romero Batman show. well well if I mean if you and I you know for Halloween we dress up as it you can be Burt Ward and I'll be Adam West and it'll be all can I be, can I be Caesar Romero as the Joker as Burt Ward <laughs> <laughs> Only if you grow a mustache and and then put white. Yeah, no, no, no. Yes. That's a big part of it. I'm gonna start now. I'm gonna start now. You should you know start have, now because it's gonna take. You know, a while. I have a problem. Yeah, we, talk, we take talked a while about to grow a mustache. Yes. We talked about it when I was out there. You know, you know. I just, I'll start now though. I'm gonna make you proud, Papa, with my mustache. Oh, I, I'm sure. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, I know you're really interested in being. Catwoman, but are you interested in the being the Julie Newmar one or the? Can we sew you into that costume? Lee Merriweather or Eartha Kitt? Which Catwoman do you want to be? <laughs> I'll even let you do Pfeiffer with the stitches, like you know. You got to. That's a great Catwoman performance. So yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's All right, I'll, I'll take that as a yes. <laughs> oh god. All right. All right. Uh, um, well, that's been uh, today. <laughs> no. it's, it's, uh, it's, it's bullshit. I don't know. This is, uh, I guess we should, I mean, move on to, uh, yeah. let's get the show started. Let's get the show started. We got Ryan here. We got a guest. You're sitting here talking about Eartha Kitt's ass again, and, and I'm trying to keep it going. So well, no, let's keep it. Actors, I'm going to talk about Julie Newmar. Yeah, Julie Newmar. I know. Ass of all time. We, so, we talked about that when we discussed my mustache issue. Also. There's nothing better. There's no better ass than Julie Newmar's ass back then. I mean, now it's probably not so good, but back then. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, I have that sign. I've signed off on that for your tombstone. Should I go get my Julie Newmar action figure? Which I, I absolutely would wait for the break. Okay. We'll <laughs> <laughs> But let's right. move in because we got Ryan here. We got you here. We do. Uh, and we have a very special book of the goddamn week that we need to get into. So we are, are we ready to get into that? We're ready. We're ready. We're professionals. We're ready. Yeah. All right. Well, that brings us to book of the week. <laughs> All right. I shall never tire of that, sir. I won't. Book of the week, dude. So this is a very special book of the week. It is. Uh, and I'm gonna, and that's also has to do with our very special guest. And so uh, I'm gonna let you get this one started. So okay. This this book of the week um, is actually a book that uh, Ryan and I co-wrote. Uh, it's a new extreme horror splatterpunk comedy called The Night Stalkers. Uh, and Stalkers is, the O is a pentagram. So I hope you get the delicious pun. 
Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and just read the synopsis of this book uh, so you all can get an idea of what it's about. Attention shoppers, the employees of the Freshway Grocery Store aren't too happy about having to do an overnight shift, but they're about to be even unhappier. Their rival store, Devil's Food, is about to lay siege upon them with extreme prejudice. This is no ordinary grocery chain. Devil's Food is run by a cult of murderous Satanists committed to killing the competition, literally. Armed with hatchets, knives, maces, and motorcycles, they enter the store and start picking off their victims in the most ghastly and depraved ways possible. The Freshway's only chance of survival is to fight, and this leads to a bloody battle royale of crazed cashiers, knife-wielding demo ladies, brutal butchers, and teenage clerks determined to make their favorite death metal albums come true. The Night Stalkers is a gory horror comedy by Splatterpunk award-winning authors Christopher Triana and Ryan Harding, the men who brought you Full Brutal and Genital Grinder. Filled with bone-crushing carnage and the heaviest metal, this one promises customer satisfaction. And I and I have uh, two quick blurbs, like if you're not already excited, uh, check out these, these blurbs. Joining Ryan Harding with Christopher Triana as a writing team is like smacking two pieces of uranium together real hard. The resultant mushroom cloud will produce works such as The Night Stalkers, a literary Niagara Falls of irredeemably uh, explicit violence and full-thrust working-class diabolism with a very new twist, a satanic grocery store. It's hard to get more original than this or more outrageous or just more wrong. Here's a line to give you the gist, quote-unquote, in the land of the pig, the butcher is king. This is top-of-the-line hardcore horror and a wonderfully nauseating way to start the new year. Edward Lee, author of White Trash, Gothic, and Header. So that's Edward Lee. Uh, and so that's a real uh, a real joy for us to get that. And we've got... Um, Can I ask uh, you a real quick question? Mm. Have you ever slapped two pieces of ham together? Uh, thought, if, like, if I did, I didn't think much about it. No, because no. I've thought about that a lot. Because then you pull it apart, and it also has a sound. Okay, anyway, we'll, go, what's we'll the go next with part? that. Go with that. Um, <laughs> one, one more quick blurb, and this isn't just me sucking my own dick or anything, or suck Ryan, Ryan's dick. Um, this is, uh, <laughs> this is uh, just really cool, because we just got this one. Uh, so this is another one. Uh, from prologue to epilogue, Christopher Tran and Ryan Harding's Night Stalkers is an evil, carnal and carnage-laden trip that never lets up. Only Harding and Triana could take your soup, local supermarket and turn it into a slaughterhouse, turning a grocery store into a grocery store. And that's only the venue. And that is Jeremy Wagner, author of Rabbit Heart and guitarist of death metal band Broken Hope. Uh, so that was really cool to get that recently. Uh, so that's Night Stalkers, folks. And I was it, just talking about him with one Jared Barbie that you bring that up. Very cool. Very just, cool. Um, I just I hit my head. I was like, oh, yeah, that guy. That Yeah, okay. Uh, so um, that's cool. That's cool. I know you've been listening to a lot of death metal recently. We're going to talk more about that. Um, but yes, this is, uh, this is the Night Stalkers. It's a collaboration with Ryan and I, and it comes out tomorrow. If you're listening to this on the, on the day the podcast comes out, Thursday, uh, it comes out tomorrow, the 26th of March, 
2021. Smarch, even. Um, so this sounds awesome. I've talked to you about this, Chris. My first job was in a grocery store. Ryan, I don't know if you've uh, heard this, but my first job ever was in a grocery store at, at, a, K, at, a, at a Kroger or a K Roger, if you will, <laughs> to be funny. <laughs> and I was a sacker. It's some and insider I, humor there. <laughs> I was a sacker. Well, exclusive, if you will. I was a sacker. I had to wear a little fucking fake bow tie that like would clip there and shit. And uh, oh I thought God. it was awesome. Dude, you wear we a bow tie? For, for a bit. For a stretch, oh, dude. That is some, yeah. that is some nerd tie. shit, dude. God damn. Hey, man. This was a professional operation. Oh, yeah. 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 Professional. <laughs> Bill Nye the bagger guy. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, dude. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I, Thank of course, I, recognition. I, of course, uh, have worked in and out of grocery stores for, God, 20 years, much to my lament and horror. Um, and Ryan, you as well, right? That's right. In high school, I worked in a grocery store for a couple months, I guess, until the money I was spending on horror movies. Uh, <laughs> I just found I wasn't able to watch the movies because I had to work too much. So I yeah. gave my notice and just... Gave my life to horror instead. Good for you. Dude, I worked <laughs> one year and seven months. I remember that so clearly. It was like one year and seven months I worked at Kroger. It's my first job. Wow. So. I I worked at Winn-Dixie, Publix, uh, Wild Oats, Whole Foods. So there's a lot of uh, experience that you guys have drawn from for this book. Yeah, I've, I, yeah there is. There is, yeah. yes. Um yeah. Uh, so, uh, how did you guys get get even like the idea to write this together? How did this come about? Well, um, like we wanted to work on something together. We thought it'd be fun, um, and I think the main motivation is we had this really ridiculous picture that we took together um, at <laughs> uh, at KillerCon, and it's just a really funny picture of us. And I was like, "This is the author photo." Uh, like when we finally collaborate, this is the author photo. So I think that was the entire motivation to write something together was just to use that picture. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's, so you don't like new nightmare because of the meta-ness, but you appreciate like taking a picture and working backwards from that to create, uh, something that's yes. going to be awesome. All right. Yes. I just, I, that's Absolutely. another. That was my second. That was actually one of the questions I wrote down. So. Okay, I'm sure I, it was. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, so, yeah, so then, so then, what you like called them? You who like you just like you guys were like on AIM, well, like well, no, no, AOL Messenger one day, and just like well, no, we we you know like like we you know we were talking about wanting to do something together. We thought it'd be fun, um, and uh, and you know we bounced a couple of ideas back and forth, but none of them really stick. You know, like you know, we we threw it in the bed, but Madonna didn't want to sleep with it. Uh, I knew you were going to say. Write, did you, did you write it up the flagpole and see if anybody wanted to salute it? Yeah, like you know, and so yeah. we, so and then like I don't know, it's like uh, I don't know that Ryan, maybe you remember exactly, but like somehow we brought up. I had I had this idea of like doing this like grocery store horror thing, and then Ryan was like, "Yeah, I worked in grocery store too." And I think we just kind of went from there, Ryan. Like, do you do you have like a certain memory? Because my memory is, is shit. So, 
<laughs> you did. Yeah, uh, Chris smoked his memory away, dude. <laughs> yeah, uh, Chris uh, messaged me on Facebook, and he came up with this idea about the uh, onslaught at a grocery store that would be kind of assault on precinct thirteen ish. Yeah, and that was one aspect, and then the satanic, you know, devil worshiping aspect, playing up the satanic panic uh, ideas of the '80s, and plus, you know, we talked about death metal at the prior Killer Con, and so that was going to be our opportunity to talk about a lot of the bands that we liked and that sort of thing. So, seemed like a perfect match made in hell for a book. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, (laughs) and that's part of the book too. In a big way, is death metal. Um. We decided we wanted it to take place in the early 90s. So it takes place in 1992. It actually says at the beginning of the book, it says some town in America, 1992. Great um, year. It, yep. And, uh, it, it, uh, and we picked that year because that was like, uh, that was kind of like, at least in my personal experience, you know, as, as everyone knows, I, I grew up in Florida. Uh, and that was like the hub of death metal. American death metal at the time. And uh, that was a big year for the rise of, of the genre of death metal. Uh, and so we decided to go with that. Um, and we also decided it'd be fun to name every chapter after a, a death metal song that kind of worked with what happens in the chapter. Uh, so all of the, all of, every chapter has some, you know, some name based on a deicide song or an entombed song or something like that. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of like some of the characters are really into death metal, you know, in in the book. Of course, they're the uh, the satanic grocery store characters that are really into it. Um, yeah. So that was that just added more fun to it. And then in writing the book, um, the book is is very much a splatter book. It's it's very gory and depraved. And so we kind of um, we kind of it's kind of like a death metal album com- uh, cover come to life, you know, or, or right. certain lyrics like cannibal corpse lyrics or something like that come to life. Yeah. I was just thinking if we were uh, going to have a song that was kind of more about John Wayne's experience, it would have had to been like an anal kind song. Like you wear a bow tie to bag groceries or something like that. <laughs> yeah. oh, it would, it would be called John Wayne is gay. Because <laughs> anal <kind of> song. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, but, Hey, but I figured out a lot of stuff being that way in that grocery yeah. store, yeah. getting carts. Dude, carts was my favorite jobs. Then going sitting in the freezer in the cooler, the milk cooler, drinking chocolate milk, chocolate milk, chocolate milk, drink so much, get a chocolate milk, like, and then go out and do some more carts and shit. Mm-hmm. Thinking yeah. back, thinking back on it, I've thought of a lot of ways i could have wasted so much time there instead of just actually being there bagging groceries and it would have been a much better job if i'd done that yeah, yeah and i yeah. i told i told you chris how i would do like the sweep i'd get like the dust mop and be like well, i'm gonna do the dust mop and i would be gone for hours just dust mopping the floor yeah. dude it was great i was figuring out ways like even back then to fill these holes you know you know well it's always you know. a any job is better when you find a way not to do it. Uh, when you find a way, well, I mean, you're still doing it, but you're you're finding what you're finding a way to mentally escape it. You know. Yeah, and also sometimes physically escape it. But yeah, that's true. But going but, back, but, but back it, to the. Go I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say back to the back to the book. Um, so when you guys wrote this, and we we've talked about uh, comp, like uh uh 
collaborations before and how they're done. But how did you guys approach this collaboration? I've never done a collaboration. I mean, I've tried. Uh, Kelby Losak and I have done it. We talked about it on my podcast and his podcast. And we may go back and try it again. But how did you guys approach this? Was this a chapter by chapter thing or was it just like a flowing thing? How did this work between the two of you? Yeah, so um, we didn't necessarily break it off chapter by chapter. Uh, but what we did is we like we would send it back and forth. I would write something sent it to, to Ryan and he would write something and we did it kind of as we could. Uh, you know, it's been a crazy, it was a crazy year. We were writing it through 2020. Um, and you know, so there was personal stuff going on. We both had other projects we were working on other obligations. Um, so we kind of did it when we could. And, but all the while we had this idea of what we wanted to happen and like I would write something or he would, and we would send it to each other, email it and it'd be like, okay, I set it up for this to happen next. Uh, do what you want with this and that or whatever. Uh, but we had an idea of like, okay, a pecking order of who was going to die or what was going to happen. Things like that. Um, yeah. Gradually uh, we wrote uh, about, I don't know. We kind of started smaller at the beginning to get, I guess, comfortable with each other's uh, styles and everything. And it was probably more in the 5,000 word range. And then as the yeah. project amped up somewhat, then it was more like, okay, I'd, here's 7,000, 10,000, 15,000 words at a time or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, uh, I think in both cases, we'd want to stop at a certain scene and we'd just keep going until we got to that scene. And sometimes it would just build up a lot more depending on what had to happen in there. Particularly if there was something really violent, then it was going to bulk up, you know, snowball into blood and everything. So... <laughs> Man, you have a really sexy way of describing things. Uh, I don't know if we could go back and listen to this, but I'm half chubbed. Just listen to the description of that. Uh, you know, bulking up and, uh, you know, uh, wanting to get to the point, but keeping going. And... Well, he said blood, and that always gets you yeah. hot yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. The vampire fan, yeah. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I'm sorry, Chris, were you about to say something? Uh, no, no, I was just going to you know, say that, um, uh, uh, that, that, yeah, like, like, you know, Ryan said, we was just kind of like, we had certain things that we wanted to go for and it, you know, it varied what we would send back and forth to each other. And, uh, but all the while we were communicating of like what we wanted to happen as it progressed. Uh, and it, and it worked out well, I think, you know, the, the way we, we worked together, I think it, it was pretty smooth. Yeah, for sure. So if um, if you guys were to put the soundtrack to this to this to this book, is it is it the songs that the chapters are based on? If we wanted to read it like in that, like, should we should we put like a playlist together that's called Night Stalkers on Spotify and share that like in the feed oh, fuck. of all of the songs? Because we can absolutely do that. And I as I, I think yeah. that's what we should do as we're reading the book. Do you agree or? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think that works because like, like, you know, we, we picked the song titles for the chapters based on what happens in the chapters. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I think that works. How about you, Ryan? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we could, there's like supplemental mentary material we could come up with too, I'm sure. But just the, yeah. the chapter titles themselves are a good uh, reference point for a soundtrack for the book for sure. 
Yeah. And then, you know, at the same time, and I sent some of this to Ryan too, um, when I was writing, I listened a lot to, um, just like those John Carpenter, uh, Assault on Precinct 13 type of music, because mm. it just fit like the feeling of it because it's this, this siege, you know, kind of novel where this one store is like, you know, attacking this other store. Uh, so I listened to a lot of that, uh, like Slasher Dave and uh, Steve Moore from Zombie and stuff like that. Uh, and I actually would like occasionally send it to Ryan. I'm like, I'm like, this is what I'm totally feeling right now as I'm writing this thing, you know? So yeah, yeah there's like, I think you could listen to that as well. But um, the death metal is really was more of the passion of the project conceptually. Right. Yeah, like, I, I'm sorry, Ryan, go ahead. I was just going to say there were a few songs we mentioned in passing in the book, like the Blasphirion by Deicide and some yeah. others like that, that are obviously listened to in the course of the book, but aren't named, don't have a chapter named after them. But Right. That's true, too. There's also, because it's a, a book that takes place in the 90s, uh, there's also, uh, I think most of these are my fault. Or no, wait, Ryan did, too. Like, we, we mentioned uh, uh, Two Life Crew and Biz Markie and House of Pain and, like, like all these. Like, <laughs> out, out, of, like a, out of uh, continuity of time? Well, well, I mean, they, they mean, like, all of these songs were around by 92 uh, or oh, okay. even at, at, like, the top of the charts at 92. Uh, but no there's there's a scene like where a character is uh driving a truck like and, and just blasting um jump around by house of pain uh you know and uh and stuff like that hey 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 that's our song <laughs> it kind of is it kind hey, of is our, our song that's our song it kind of is maybe it that's is why not, i put it in there it really is yeah it really is yeah. really all right so, it is that's another story uh, uh what is time yeah, what a time. <laughs> no, but I think that like we we should we should by we, I mean the royal we, like you and Brian and I will help put together like if every if the title of every uh chapter is a death metal song, let's put about together to better and also to better. Let's put together a Spotify playlist of all those songs okay. in chapter order and call it the Night Stalkers playlist well, and share um, that in our feed so I that people can uh, listen to those and like fucking rock out i did that with uh with riverman because riverman's very focused on uh, uh mississippi blues music and so i kind of put together a playlist and uh yeah. matthew drink matthew Drinkwine shouts out he, he put it up on, on on spotify for me because i don't have a spotify uh, well, so i can do, do that. that i have a spotify okay great so so ryan you and i will figure out the soundtrack and we'll send it to J dubs here all right. Cool. And yeah. and you got and and everybody will uh, buy the book tomorrow when it comes out. Yes. And I check hope so. and we'll share this. Uh, we'll share it. No, that because shit like that is cool to have like uh, music that goes with the book, especially like let me listen to. I want to listen to all these songs that you named the chapters after, and then read the book. That because if right. you put that much thought into it, I think that shit's cool. Anyway, I'm interviewing you here, so it's true. all right. <laughs> if you can't rocker. Shocker, and that's what's on your T-shirt. Shocker, yes. Uh, well, I'm looking forward to this. This is uh, from Evil Cookie Press from mm -hmm. uh, K Trap. Jones shouts out, right? Yep. Shouts out. Just giving the shouts out. Let's just put it shouts out, out buddy. Give him the bump. This is the first uh, novel that they've put out on that press. Uh, is it really? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> oh shit! Awesome flagship yeah. fucking novel. Is that? 
the way to put it, I guess. I don't know. I, yeah, I guess so. Like the, yeah, the, the like he's been putting out um, anthologies up yeah, until right. now. Yeah. So yeah. we're the first one. We've all been in the anthologies too. We mm-hmm. have. It's mm-hmm. kind of like we've all like uh, had intercourse with the same woman. Um, kind or man. of. Or a man, but. <laughs> Uh, with, I, I with, Kate, with Kate Trap Jones. Yeah, <laughs> I personally think that he has hitched his wagon to a star uh, or a couple of stars. So uh, I'm excited to see this because if this is the first novel, I think that uh, there'll be some more novels. Uh, yeah. To come. yeah, I think so. Uh, so, so this comes out. Uh, if you're listening to this today, when it comes out, then uh, you can buy the uh, al- album, uh, the book tomorrow. <laughs> Tomorrow, the what is the date? Tomorrow, tomorrow, and tomorrow, the 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 twenty sixth, twenty sixth. Remember, remember the twenty sixth of March. That's what that's what I've always heard. Beware, beware the eyes of March. Exactly. So, um, I'm that's awesome. I'm looking forward to this book. Do you want to say anything else about it, or uh, you guys have any closing comments about this book? Read it uh, and weep, perhaps. Uh, <laughs> Ryan, do you have something to say? I'd say it's pretty. It's a very autobiographical book. I think for both <laughs> of us. Nice, nice. Yeah, I like that. There's, there's a lot of crimes we may or may not have committed, and then <laughs> the actual the actual work. And, you know, we we just we just made all all that up, but the yeah. gore is real. <laughs> Well, this show is parody, yes. so you can say anything. This is parody, so uh, you know it's in the it's in the liner notes. Yeah, so allegedly, a, allegedly, we committed these crimes. Oh my goodness! Allegedly and parody are the top search terms in our uh, s. Yes. Uh, what do you call that? SAC, like whatever's. Yeah. Our search terms. So. Well, I mean, it's uh, yeah, we both. You know, having worked in grocery stores, like we were able to utilize that knowledge uh, as far as like the tools and the weapons that are used, uh, you know, when the people fight. So there's a lot of uh, comedy in that. Uh, But that's the one thing I would let people know about this book. Um, And I mentioned it in the introduction uh, is that this book is funny, or at least it's funny to people who are sick in the head like Ryan and I are. Um, It's 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 a humorous horror it's yeah it's super it's super gory it's super foul uh but it's it's in that edward lee kind of way where Mm -hmm. it's like okay this is like off the wall and funny so uh i I would i would say people should know that going into it that it's just absolutely as crazy as possible so yeah and uh, as far as it being like a like a take on precinct 13 like you know with a tongue-in-cheek type twist sounds rad because i love that I mean, it's about, it, so. for fuck's sake, it's about a satanic for grocery store. For fuck's sake, man. It's <laughs> about a satanic grocery store att- literally trying to kill the competition. I mean, uh, that should tell you right there that it's funny. So It's going to be fun, and everyone's going to love it. And the chicks are loving love it. it. Yep. <laughs> yep. I mean, it's Night Stalkers with a pentagram as the O, so, like, you know, it's it's a joke on the Richard Ramirez thing. I mean, even the title is a joke, so... Uh, Richie who now? Richard Val, Ramirez, Richie Val? The, the serial Well, <laughs> come on, let's go, let's go, let's go, little darling. I know you and Ryan, like, that's your song. I think Richie Valens, but... <laughs> it should have been you! 
<laughs> ah, more mocha, please. Anyway, I'd, li- I'd uh, like to think that when Richard Ramirez died, that one of his groupies, or whatever, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just on the, on, <laughs> on the fucking grave, just I'm knee sure. on knees. Yeah, uh, he had. Like, I got these pentagrams carved into my hands for I'm nothing. Sure, dude. Like he had, he had a lot of them, man. He had a lot of groupies. It was a weird thing. Yeah. yeah. And that is that was one of the things that inspired me to write Gun See the River Man, actually, is the whole like how weird it is that serial killers have groupies and like I was like, What what must these people be like? And that's that's what started the book. I was like, What's these people be like? <laughs> like, you know? Like it's certainly really, the kind of women you want to bring home to mom and dad for sure. Oh, absolutely. Really stable ladies. Yeah. 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 <laughs> congratulations by the way on your nomination for that and uh blood relations and oh, uh thank you uh uh yeah and, and they uh, all died we're talking of the splatterpunk yeah. award uh right. right yes 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 um i'm predicting a clean sweep even then <laughs> even even the category that you have two books nominated in you're gonna win yeah. for both of those books i'm kind of it's gonna tie, gonna tie gonna, himself, and it's gonna be awesome. As long as I get two, and I'll do the awards. speech this time. I'm gonna do the speech, yes. like, and even it's gonna be. They'll play me off. Even though what? it's online, yeah, and yeah. so it'd be easy to be there. Uh, yeah, it's. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm a little bit embarrassed. Wait. I'm actually a little bit embarrassed by that fact that that I have two books in the novel category that are nominated. Uh, uh, I don't know. I just feel, I don't know. And that's then like, I have... that's like that's Chris, dude. That's like walking into the Korean spa that we've talked about many times with a dick <laughs> down to your knee and being like, "I'm really sorry that I have this." Guys, <laughs> like, I'm really sorry. Uh, so it... anyway, I guess I'm gonna get in the tub with you guys. Is that cool? I'm sorry about this. It's like floating around, biting people on the neck and shit. Like, I can't help being <laughs> great. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, on that anyway, note, so get knife stalkers, everybody, uh, on Evil Cookie Press with Chris uh, Triana and Ryan Harding, Christopher with a KR, and uh, I think everyone I, with the time. Ry, why? Because we love him. <laughs> also, why? Why? Well, that brings us into our next segment, gentlemen. Uh, my personal favorite, your personal favorite, everyone's personal favorite, Ridiculous Reads! Ridiculous. So ridiculous. The Ridiculous Reads. Now, this is on me today. Mm-hmm. And Chris, I want to tell you something. Okay. I had a really, I was very conflicted today mm-hmm. in choosing my ridiculous read. Please say it's Kindergarten Cop. Dude, you're on the right track. I was um, Schwarzenegger as well. I was. Uh, I, uh, I, uh, Kindergarten Cop is a fucking book. We need to find it, by the way. It is. Oh, shit. Um, but, oh, shit. But, but we're not oh, going to do that today. Shit. I had in my hands earlier Last Action Hero 
Uh, and I was, I was, I was stretching out my mouth, getting ready to do my Arnold impression. And, uh, I was like, you know what? Too easy. This is too easy. I'm going to forego that. And I'm going to move on to, uh, you're frozen. You're fine now. I'm going to move on. I'm going to forego that to, to maintain my professionality. And I picked something else today, but don't worry. That's the that's the sword of Damocles hanging. Kindergarten cop, last action hero, uh, the one with Sinbad, jingle all the way. That's the jingling girdles of coin. (laughs) I'm hitting you with all those, dude, from all angles. Jingling girdles. I got a jingling girdle. Uh, So anyway, this week we're going to read from uh, a very special book that everyone can appreciate and a movie that everyone should appreciate. This is the novelization. Oh shit, motherfucker. <laughs> that's that's fucking fantastic. Spaceballs the book. The book. Now, here's the thing about Spaceballs the book. Uh-huh. Earlier we were speaking of uh being meta and self-referential in uh a new night the new nightmare like fucking thing earlier this is the ultimate meta the fact that i have Spaceballs the book in my hand is the the meta handshake that has met uh myself and and its reference and shaking and then i should ascend to the next plane (laughs) just having accepted this book into my possession well you know it's meta because there's that great scene in the movie where he's Uh, like showing the merchandise what don't ruin, don't spoil my ridiculous I, I'm read. I'm sorry, I didn't no, realize no, no, it was. Get, no, I didn't realize what it was. You, right. you didn't, you didn't. No, uh, I, was just, so, I was just saying, like, that's the that's the, one of the funny parts in the, in the movie. And, um, no, I think when it's... When, have like the, the lunchbox and all the yeah, merchandise. the breakfast cereal, the, the flamethrower. They have Spaceballs, the flamethrower. It's yes. fucking hilarious. Yeah. Uh, but no, I think when it's a comedy, meta is fine because, like, that's what meta is. Meta is funny, and when you try to take something that, and make it meta, like New Nightmare did, where they made it like, oh, it's so serious and scary. No, it isn't. You're Wes Craven playing Wes Craven. Like, it's just that's just silly. And to try to make it serious, no, it doesn't work for me. Do that one scene where, uh, he- like, uh, Wes Craven is having like a serious discussion in his like polite, palatious living room. Mm. Uh, like, he's like, he like smacks his words like so. Like, he's like, <laughs> every yeah. word he said, he's like, he's like just swallowing like this massive amount of saliva and i'm like why did they keep this what is this like it's obviously like weird adr that's happening between he and like the actress and i'm like what is going on uh Uh, these are the things i notice but uh speaking of that back to Spaceballs, the book yes yes please if you're not familiar with the movie Spaceballs. It uh, is a fabulous Mel Brooks uh, job. Dude, if the, you, uh, dude, uh, then I'm stop sorry. listening, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, th- like stop listening to this show and go watch Spaceballs. If you don't know Spaceballs, like what the fuck? You're like you're wasting I your get, life. This is a masterpiece look. of cinema. I know, and I only I say this because like my wa- my wife she has not seen Spaceballs, 
and she will not watch it with me. And if she did, she would not get it. So it's not like that's why I want to explain. So my wife is a little younger than you're. So you're getting getting a divorce is what I'm hearing. (laughs) Well, I referenced her as my second wife, my current (laughs) wife. You said like you were like, what a piece of shit, my current wife. Um, No, she's great. I did not say that. You did say that. It's reference. No, I did not. Is it too late for an annulment? Yeah, right. There you go. That's that's probably a better idea. No, that's cool. Like Homer and Ned, I do have a Vegas wife, so it's fine. Uh, But (laughs) but enough about Earl. Yeah. Uh, Oh, he is. And he is a giver. Uh, But no. uh, Okay. so Spaceballs, of course, is a a Star Wars, uh, you know, jab at Star Wars. And oh, wait, it is. Okay, fuck you. Um, (laughs) I saw this movie in the theater when it came out probably like three times. Uh, I was very into it. I quoted this movie quite a bit uh, as a child uh, when it came out. I I love this movie and I love this this book and I love the meta-ness of the entire book. Uh, If I can read the back of it before I start. Spaceballs. The nastiest beings in the universe have decided to kidnap the beautiful Princess Vespa. But she's already run off from her wedding and is speeding away in a Mercedes Mercedes space (laughs) coupe accompanied by her robot, Dot Matrix. Meanwhile, our hero Lone Star, threatened by terrible Pizza the Hut, is flying his Winnebago as far away as possible. Will the wicked Spaceballs, led by Dreadful Dark Helmet and Colonel Sanders, seize the princess? Or will Lone Star and his friends save the princess from a fate worse than death? Don't miss Spaceballs, the book. Mm, Very good. I am pretty sure I either had this book or at least cracked it open and read some of it many years ago. Well... You're amongst the lucky. <laughs> yes, you've lived a blessed life. <laughs> I'm drinking a Lone Star beer right now, in honor of Lone Star. But Lone Star is spelled I'm, two I'm R's. drinking a. Why polar... are you drinking a seltzer, dude? Where's your whiskey? <laughs> what happened? I've, I've got. You go I've got to, you whiskey, go, you, but what happened? I've got the whiskey too. Uh, I've just. Uh, okay. I got to balance it out with some water, so I don't it's get about too fucked right. up. Yeah. Uh, I don't like to get too fucked up, you know. Well. All right. So if I may read from the But my seltzer has nothing to do with with Spaceballs, I just want to say. No, it doesn't. There should be Spaceballs the seltzer, though. I'd buy it. Neither does the space or the salsa. I'd buy that, too. I would. I'd buy anything that Spaceballs written on it. But anyway, I I, I digress. You're fine. I digress as well. So as we were saying, like this, everything that we've talked about relates to uh, our read today. If we can all turn to page 56 in our <laughs> hymnal. <laughs> Here we go. Aboard Spaceball One, Lord Helmet paced the command module as his crew desperately searched the skies for Lone Star and the Eagle Five. Any sign of them yet? He called to the radar operator. No, Lord Helmet, came the reply. They don't show up on the scanner. It's all black, sir. Nothing but blackness. Lord Helmet walked down to the scanner. All black? 
Well, try turning it on, you idiot. You might see a little better. Whoops. Sorry, sir. The radar operator reached up and turned on the scanner. Still no sign of them, sir. Well, keep looking. Lord Helmet returned to the bridge. The loudspeaker crackled to life suddenly with an important announcement. Attention. Attention. There are still tickets left for the three-ring circus from Saturn that will be touring the ship from May to December. <laughs> We've got to find Lone Star and the princess, Lord Helmet said. This is putting me in a bad mood. Pardon me, sir, Sanders interrupted. I have an idea. Sanders walked over to the Spaceball video technician. Do we have a video cassette of Spaceballs, the movie? <laughs> I look, sir. The video technician got up from his console and pulled open a sliding panel, revealing a wall of video cassettes. We have uh, Mel Brooks movies here, Colonel Sanders, he said. He ran his hand quickly across the shelf, looking for the cassette of Spaceballs. You sure you wouldn't rather watch Blazing Saddles? It's a riot. <laughs> I love the scene where they're sitting around the campfire and... Wait a minute, Lord Helmet called down from the bridge. There can't be a cassette of Spaceballs yet. We're still in the middle of living it. That's true, sir, Sanders said. But there's been a new breakthrough in home video marketing. Dark Helmet's little face filled with surprise. There has... Yes, instant cassettes. They're out in stores before the movie is finished. Wow! Dark Helmet didn't really understand what Sanders was talking about. What will they think of next? The crew member popped the Spaceballs cassette into the VCR. The FBI warning appeared on the screen, followed by the beginning of the movie and the words, Once Upon a Time Warp. No, 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 no. Skip, skip it ahead. Skip ahead! Dark Helmet cried impatiently. Impatiently? Impatiently. <laughs> the crew member pushed fast forward. The tape spun ahead and static filled the screen. Try now, Dark Helmet called. Quick search. Everyone watched the screen. Once again, in very speeded up motion. I don't know if I like that speeded up. Part, speeded up anyway, motion. Yeah. Speeded up motion. They saw the Spaceball One come out of the ludicrous speed and Dark Helmet go flying helmet first into the control console. No, no, keep going, Dark Helmet cried. <laughs> Good Lord, how embarrassing. The technician fast-forwarded the movie. Let's try here, Dark Helmet ordered. The technician pushed play. Dark Helmet stepped forward to get a closer look on the screen. Dark Helmet stepped forward to get a closer look at... The wow. He moved... It's, it's, he, it's, he said it's, that again? Twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dark Helmet stepped closer to get a closer look at the screen. Now, this is your meta shit. He moved closer. The image of himself on the screen moved closer, closer, closer. Soon, the two identical Dark Helmets were nose to nose. What's going on here? Dark Helmet demanded. At the exact time, the Dark Helmet on the video screen asked, What's going on here? What am I looking at? When does this happen? Lord Helmet cried. Lord Helmet on the screen said the exact same words at the exact same time. Now, you're looking at now, sir, Sanders said. And as Sanders on the screen said those very same words, everything that happens, happens now is, now happening, is now. happening now. <laughs> Dark Helmet's mouth dropped open. He was thinking hard, trying to understand this. Now? He sounded very confused. 
What happened then? We passed then, Sanders told him. When? Just now. We're at now, now, Sanders said. Then go back to then, Dark Helmet said. When? Sanders asked. Now, Dark Helmet replied. Now? Sanders asked. Now, the Sanders on the screen asked. <laughs> Not now, then, the two Dark Helmets said. Go back to then. I, I can't, the two Sanders said. Why? We missed it, Sanders told him. When? Just now, Sanders said. Wait, Dark Helmet cried. When will then be now? Soon. Not now, Dark Helmet asked. No. When, Dark Helmet asked. Now, Sanders said. Dark Helmet's <laughs> eyes rolled around in his head, and his tongue hung down from his mouth. The great leader was terribly confused. As they watched the video screen, the scene suddenly changed. They found themselves staring at the barren, rocky terrain of some distant moon. The princess stepped into the scene, followed by Dot, Lone Star, and Barf. All of them were carrying luggage. We've done it, the radio operator cried. We've identified their location. Dark Helmet's eyes were still rolling around in his head. Where? It's the moon of Vega, the radio operator announced. Good work, Sanders cried happily. Set a course and prepare for our arrival. When? Dark Helmet asked weakly. 1900 hours, sir, the radio operator announced. What? Dark Helmet uttered in total confusion. By high noon tomorrow, they will be our prisoners, sir, Sanders told him. Who? Dark Helmet asked. And that is the end. Uh, that. Yes. <laughs> You know, what I, you know what I really appreciate about the writing in that is uh, he constantly tells you who's talking, even though you totally know. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just like, when, said when? Sanders. Now, said Dark Helmet. Yeah. What will then be now? You know, like, it's like it's he constantly tells you who's like, we know, like we already know who's saying what, because it's a back and forth conversation between two people. Uh, so I, I really appreciated that needless uh, like telling us who's saying what. But we almost need that to break up the ridiculousness of what's going on. So our brains are like, oh, they're what they're watching this. Because if you haven't seen the movie, you might like be like, because obviously a lot of people have bought Dude. this book. No, 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 no. There's a couple college classes that I had to read this book uh -huh. in. And... <laughs> on, realistically, no one like like that scene. Like I could do that scene from memory. And I was like I was holding back from doing it. There was once or twice where I had to say it because like yeah. I know the lines like when will when when will then be now soon? How soon? Like it, it, it's like ingrained in my mind from when I was 12. And I, too, saw the, the film in the theater. I saw it with my grandmother, and she thought it was absolutely stupid. And I was like, it's the best! And I, I watched it many, many times. Um, what's, the, what's the code? One, two, three, four, five. Only an idiot would have done his luggage. And like, then like, he's, like, he's like, oh, that's my... Have my luggage changed. God, that's so great. There's so many scenes from that movie that are just ingrained in my mind, you know? Uh, like where I could do it word almost word for word. Yeah. Well, that's our ridiculous read for this week. Uh, I, Spaceballs. I, is, if, you, if you're listening to this and you have not seen Spaceballs the movie and you're just trying to read Spaceballs the book, please see Spaceballs the movie first. Get Spaceballs the lunchbox second, and then read Spaceballs the book. And then get the flamethrower and kill all well, your enemies. Yeah, but I mean, you might have to <laughs> your do a friends too. And your friends yeah. too. <laughs> exactly. 
it's like George Carlin said, what, what an amazing thing the flamethrower is where, you know, someone at some point was like, you know, I'd really like to kill those people, but they're way over there. <laughs> <laughs> Can we do something about the heat? Flamethrower, Rick. It's a flamethrower. I know you don't you don't like that movie, but <laughs> that's a good terrible, line. Terrible movie, but yeah, that is a funny line. Okay, that's a different episode. Uh so really bad. <laughs> enough. That's enough. Really, really uh, bad. Next, that's enough. Next, uh, so it's time to move on. We have some calls. It is. It is. It's our next segment, mm-hmm. uh, which and we do Ryan, have a song if, if for. We, it, Ryan, if we have some questions, please feel free to jump in and answer them. <laughs> You're a part of this, Ryan. Absolutely. You're in it for the long haul, baby. All right. So so last week we played this theme for the one of the first times, and uh, we talked about, oh, I'll probably shorten it. But then I talked to my attorney, and he said, don't shorten it. In fact, you should make a 45-minute version of this. And while this is not the 45-minute version, oh, this is the version. The Corey Hotline! Yeah! Welcome to the Corey Hotline, everybody. Uh, as you know or don't know, we have a line that you can call a hot line, if you will. Um, and uh, Chris, are you frozen or are you? What's happening? Because of the coldness of his take on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I guess, dude. <laughs> can you see me? Can you yeah, I, see, I hear you. There you go. There you go. Okay. Am I back. Okay. You're back. Okay. Right. So yeah. at. As you know or do not know, we have a, a hotline. The line is hot, where you can call us and ask us questions, or you can comment on anything, uh, whatever you want. It's available 24 hours a day. Uh, the number is 832-930-1347. 832-930-1347. It's the Corey Hotline. Uh, you see, can call. What, what I think we should eliminate from that song is the busy signal, because it's never busy. You can always leave us a message. Uh, yeah, absolutely. How about, um, how, about that? how about that shit? Well, we'll put that in the considerations. Okay. Talk uh, to your but I will put that in talk to my attorney, because uh, I have him on all my psychiatry, psychiatry appointments <laughs> with me, apparently. So, um... So you can call us. Uh, we appreciate all calls. And uh, if you do want to text us, just so you know, because we've been getting some texts and uh, there is still no cover this weekend <laughs> at uh, at a Malay bar and lounge, Houston's newest adult playground. And uh, it's at 1960. Hey, hey, they're, they're, they're not paying us yet. So don't No, don't but they but they free. sent a message. And I feel like, you know, I mean, we put it out there. We so. owe them nothing. We do. You're right. All right. So anyway, here's the first call. Let's get into the Corey hotline. Let's do it. Good afternoon, boys. This is George Silverman calling and checking in oh, with you this week. God. Or as, as my nickname now implies, uh, George most guys walk up and stick it in. I stick it in and walk up, Silverman. So anyway, I was sitting there listening to the the episode from this morning, and, and you're talking about what it would be like if, if you two gentlemen were indeed women. And I, I've thought about this this conundrum several times throughout my, my long, long life here. 
And uh, I, I don't think if I was a woman, I wouldn't be able to get anything done. Uh, give me a vagina and I'm a, I'm a complete mess. I would be standing in front of the silverware drawer going, gee, I wonder what I'm going to stick in there today. It's just horrible, horrible thoughts. And, and thank you so much for going there. So I, as a man, do not have to love you both. Enjoy the show. Have a great day. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I don't don't even know what to say anymore, Uh, George. uh, We did go there. I mean, I did say, like, uh, should we go there? But we did, and that silverware drawer thing was kind of funny. Yeah, I don't don't even even have a reply. (laughs) I mean, fans of the the end of Alice, I guess. Oh, oh. Silverware drawer, but, you know, we did talk about being women. I don't know why, but thanks for weighing in on that uh we're not going to give you a vagina though so no just so, no just so that reference much, is much like, like much like all the women on earth we're not giving you any vagina no, yeah nobody's giving <laughs> any vagina to you john okay. mine's attorney advised us not to you know not to <laughs> thank you brian thank you yeah yeah he's whispering in my ear right now <laughs> all right maybe let's go on to a new uh the next call, if we will. Next, is that, next, is that, caller, is that okay next caller. Next it. caller. Here we go. John Wayne. Hey, what's up, dude? It's Nave. I'm drunk in the woods. I got a campfire. I'm going to cook some SpaghettiOs on the fire and shit. Me and Christy Whiskey got a tent set up. I got some actual whiskey. A bunch of fucking joints full of hash. Nice. Uh, so, last week we were talking about dinosaur salad. Or I, I yelled at you about dinosaur salad. So, what, I have a question. Like, what did you think of 30 foot fall? I always thought they were actually in like dinosaur salad and I 45. I always thought 30 foot fall was just kind of meh, just kind of overrated. But they end up being on like the uh, that new uh, Houston local music scene documentary, like uh, the 90s in Houston, or I don't know, I can't remember what it was called. What did you think of 30 foot fall? I thought they were okay. Uh, dinosaur salad, I 45 were better. I also really liked. Uh, Oh, the Sugar Ball Express. Uh, thanks for putting me on the air. I'm a, uh, I'm an idiot, so uh, I know you got to edit shit, but love you, brother. Come <laughs> on. Uh, love you too, Dave. Appreciate the call, man. Um, so just let me get some context to this. We talked about so these are local Houston bands, and we were talking about this uh, the last time he called in. And uh, Dinosaur Salad and I-45 were had like this kind of uh, rap or like a hip hop type of thing to them and like uh, Taste of Garlic, which I talked. Chris, remember you were like, like, I would never listen to a band like Taste of Garlic. Uh, where They brought out the big bong on stage and it was like, I pull out my dick, you lick, and then I come and get some, come and get some. And yeah, I was that like, sounds absolutely yeah. horrible. It was yeah. absolutely awesome. But I listened to it. So terrible. It's yeah. so good. So, so, so terrific. You're right. Um, but 30 foot <laughs> fall is, uh, in Houston is an, uh, like legendary punk rock band. Um, and I, you know, if you don't like them, you don't have to, I mean, you know, they are what they are, but I, I really did like 30 foot fall, uh, a lot because I was going to shows a lot of times when they were like, when they were big by myself, because no one would go to any shows with me. So I was going to Fitzgerald's by myself. Because they sound like that. No, 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 no. Thirty foot fall, like thirty foot fall, is like punk rock, like, uh, uh, like a with a popish thing. Like they had like shit, like taking a piss and like, 
they had one Jacob called urinary. Well, no, 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 no. Great, they, that's no, great was, thing to sing about. <laughs> it was called urinary anxiety, and it was about taking a piss in those big troughs at the Astrodome when you were at like a ball game with your dad. And he was like, "I was eight years old at the Astrodome waiting in line to pee pee," and how like you step up to those troughs and all those dad dicks are hanging around you and you're trying to pee and you can't like it was awesome but like this like they put on great shows uh they had excellent songs i know that's not like the greatest representation of their songs but i really dug them and they also introduced me into to a lot of awesome punk rock bands like uh that that would play with them like oh fuck it sorry i don't don't even think of I, they were just mean anybody. I can't fucking think. So of. many memories. Uh, so- <laughs> the girl in the green jacket. Uh, Bigwig. That's who it is. Bigwig. And I got super into Bigwig. They're from New Jersey. And uh, no, like, and they they also play like this famous like uh, Christmas show in Houston. Like every Christmas night. And this is the first like year they didn't do it uh, because of like you know whatever the COVID and shit. So. Uh, I like them a lot. They're that may I mean if you don't like punk rock then then I would see how you think they're overrated. Of course I love Sugarball Express. I played with them a million times, billion times. I love Chris and them. Uh but yeah, I, I do like 30 Foot Fall, but I also like those other bands because I grew up with all of those bands and watching all of them. So you guys cannot uh weigh in on this at all, but I appreciate you calling and Christy Whiskey, I love you too. I know you were in the background there somewhere. And uh, punk rock forever, and I think you should listen to all of these bands that I talked about. Well, just going going through the list of bands from Houston, though, I do see some that I like, even though you know I'm so not a. It's like uh, insect warfare. I like them. Oh uh, yeah, fuck yeah! I've got a couple of their vinyls. Okay, cool. And I, I like Deprecation. I, I recall. I don't think I actually have one of their CDs, but I think I had like a t- tape of it in my tape trading days. Yeah. I saw uh, Nashville Pussy over head. I've seen Nashville Pussy a couple of times and hung out with him. So, cool, cool. do you want to go toe to toe on this or? No, I was no, just saying. I'm just I, I, yeah. I'm just saying no, I, I saw a band. Oh, you know what? They're not from. Te- that's, they're not. That's not Houston. Texas. That's yeah, Tennessee. Where that's Ryan is. Tennessee. They're not from yeah. Texas. Um, so, but I don't know why I brought that up. Uh, I don't know either. <laughs> But I will definitely edit this louder. Actually, I do know why I brought it up, and it's right here. It's called Evan Williams. That's why I brought it up. (laughs) What a time. All right, next caller. All right, next caller. Here we go. Hi, guys. It's Carrie. Um, I am calling to tell you hello. And I was listening to your episode about remakes and uh, enjoying the, the Corey Hotline callers. Um, I like that George guy. He's good stuff. He sounds hot. Um, I heard he's got a big, oh, never mind. I probably shouldn't say. Don't encourage him. Um, I just love that he, uh, had a little, um, little, little defensive side about my brother, about maybe Chris being a little, little too aggro about, on my brother and being a little hard on him, which I agree. Maybe he should be a little nicer. Um, but I love you both. What? And um, also, there was a couple that called in. I cannot remember their names, but I thought that was super funny because I believe the lady kept correcting the man about his name is John Wayne, not yeah. John. And Chris mentioned, yes, he's very sensitive about that. That's Christy Whiskey. There's a reason, Christopher. Out. John Wayne is his first name, and 
people never, ever, 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 ever get it right. They never did in his childhood. My mother had to tell the superintendent of the entire school. Super Nintendo Chalmers. Correct on his diploma because <laughs> kindergarten through 12th grade was not enough for people to get it right. So I understand him being angry about that. We all spent our entire childhood telling people, no, his name is not John. No, our last name is not Wayne. His name is John Wayne. So that was why he gets a little upset about that. So if somebody called you something that was not your name, you'd get upset too. Um, I also have a theory on the Sheila phone calls. Uh, those are my favorite. They're so funny. I think I don't think she's giving this number out to guys. Other than that one guy that called, I, I'm wondering if maybe she couldn't pay her bill and that was her number at one point because her sister, I think, some, or her mother, somebody called. I don't know. Maybe a stripper that was down on her luck. But I love hearing about the Pacey situation at her job. I hope that we hear more about that. So um, keep us all updated and keep being awesome. And I love you both. Bye. Bye, Carrie. Uh, all right. That's my sister, Carrie. Shouts yeah. out. Um, yeah. Yeah, she came to my defense. Uh, that's and that's good. No, but, I get it. Yeah. I get it. That's your first name. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying you get sensitive about it because you do get sensitive about it. That's all. I do. I do. And can I? I feel like uh, I want to tell a story. Uh oh. That's gonna throw some shade on somebody, and I don't care mm. uh, at this point. It's not but, me, is it? No, it's not you. Because I but, remember when I met you and I and I called you John and you didn't like it and I was like, oh, excuse me. I, I was just like, Jesus Christ. Because it sounds like that would be your middle name, Wayne. You know, it, that's what sure it sounds it like. But, but it yeah, does. Sure it does. Do you of have a middle name? Do you no, have a middle but name? when someone says yeah, well, to you, you that's not my first name. Absolutely. Like, this is my first name. But like, I've, called yeah. you, I've called you John Wayne since then. Yeah, of course. And but, I've said, and I when I said it, I, I said, I'm not trying to be a dick, but you didn't it's going to sound just, like I'm going to no, be a dick. No, you didn't say that. You said, John Wayne, it's John Wayne. Oh, that's right. That's right. And I kicked you in the shins and twice. Then you, both and of then shins. you went into the corner and cried for a good 45 minutes. Uh, so that's why I say you're a little sensitive. So he pulled a, he pulled a, he pulled a Nelson. It's John <laughs> Wayne, stupid. <laughs> yes, he did. Radioactive man. <laughs> yeah, got got to nuke something. You got to nuke uh, something. On the plus side, I knocked over the sun sphere. So well, the weak sphere, you mean? <laughs> That's true. Uh, too. I don't know. Should I tell this story? We have yeah, yeah. Stuff to talk about. Tell it, tell it, tell it. I and then we'll to deal with my anger. Uh, oh, geez, here we go. Okay, get your little hissy fit out of the way, and then we'll get to death metal. <laughs> So there was another uh, I was at a convention recently where there was a d- another author who wrote books um, that he published himself that I met two years ago and did a reading with at the same convention. And um, I, I offered him to smoke some weed with me back then at that time. And I said, come out and smoke with me. We're about to do this reading. And then he like had some disparaging. He said he was one. He said some disparaging remarks about another author that I knew that was a friend of mine. And I said, "You know that that's my friend, right?" And he was like, "Oh well, that person doesn't like me." And I was like, "Well, I wonder why." Was and, it me? 
Was it me? Because no, 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 I, I don't like almost everyone. I mean, I like you. I like Ryan. That's pretty much right. it. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it. So uh, we did sorry. the reading and I was like, man, fuck this guy. This guy fucking sucks. So like I didn't see him last year at the convention. But this year he's like two tables down from me. And I was just like, oh, man, that guy is back. Fuck this guy. I didn't say anything to him at all, at all. But he says something to a buddy of mine that's next. That's like in the table between me and him that I thought was. I took offense to um, as far as like him saying, like, if you're going to sell books like that, he was directly referencing me. Because he was saying like, oh, look at that. Those he's already selling books, right? First thing. And my friend Tony was like, well, yeah, John Wayne does this thing. And he's like, he made a remark that said, if you're going to sell books, you've got to have no ambition and blind confidence. Which I took offense to because I was like, what do you mean? No ambition. Mm-hmm. Like sure. I have a complete ambition and my confidence is definitely not based on blind like that sounds like a frat term to me like i don't know why maybe it's not but to say like blind ambition is like bro ish like i know exactly where my ambition lies no, it's a total prickish thing to say you know like so who the right. fuck like wh- why would you say that you know and also who the fuck are you to say that yeah it's one of it was one of madonna's best tours though <laughs> the prickish tour Blind ambition. Blind ambition tour. You're right. <laughs> I love that you know that. By the way, next right? to Vogue. Next to Vogue. Dude. It was like, actually I... it was actually the blonde ambition tour, and it I was. know that. that. Was yeah. 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 So <laughs> I love that both of you know this. Uh, like I, I would never have thought of that. So good for both of you. But this comes down to something that like of course this 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 delves deep into a lot of my own issues sure but on the surface i felt that this came off uh not what he said to tony i don't give a fuck what he said to him he wasn't he was talking about me he doesn't want to talk to me about it i don't care but i'm not talking to him at all i did not engage this person mm-hmm. uh i'm talking on you know in the morning on the last day of the convention to the people i'm with this person starts walking up to me and he's saying john 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 hey john john and he walks up to me and he says hey i made this magnet doesn't it look like you and it's a a skeleton magnet with some weird hair that he put on it and i just looked at him and i said you know my name is john wayne right He's like, what? He's like, yeah, it's my first name. I think you, you know, you just, you know, that's my first name. Uh, and he was like, oh, well, uh, do you feel like uh, you have to live up to, uh, to something? And I was like, what do you mean? He said, don't you feel like you have big shoes to fill because your name is John Wayne? And I said, I think I'm doing okay. And he was like, whatever, man. And he walked away. But then every time he walked past my table to like go smoke, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm doing okay. Like, I would fuck with him <laughs> so bad. I was like, fuck this guy, dude. Because no, no, fuck him in his fat fucking I feel ass. like 
uh, I just like I know that that was probably like misdirected hostility. Maybe I should have been like, don't want to wonder why am I sweating this guy? But yeah. I was yeah. so incensed uh, by like his not because like he also told uh, when he was talking to, to Tony, he was like, well, I've never heard of him. But what I do is this and I and like, that's fine. If you want to be like, I've never heard of you. I don't expect people to tell me like, oh, I've heard of you. But we did a reading together. You know exactly who I am. Mm-hmm. You know, like well, he no, like he clearly was and, being he was clearly and, was and, being a prick on purpose. Yeah, and I just feel like so, like just referring to my name thing, like I I don't feel like I need to take shit about that, especially right now. I'm a oh. professional. Like that's my name is like what I put out there. So oh, if you want to come to me and be like a fucking little bitch about it when you know who I am. You've done stuff with me. Why? No, uh, no, absolutely. No, you're absolutely right. And no, he was being a prick on purpose. And so fuck him in his fat fucking face. Uh, Like you were much more mellow about it than I've been. You know how aggressive I get. Um, Dude, I wish you were there, dude. That would have been awesome. I would would have been like, hey, fuck you, motherfucker. Then we could have like like, like, people over and shit. Yeah, I probably would have. Yeah, but um, you you know how I am. But I know how you are, baby. You get yeah. very protective. I get I get protective. I get angry over nothing. I'm a hothead, and I and I need help. Uh, but, <laughs> but but that's the but I don't want to hijack. I don't want to hijack this uh, yeah, I, with my, I, no, with my woes. But but that my my sister was just that was my sister. She was just talking about my my name was. And that, no, you shouldn't. Like, that was another thing where I'm like your... I don't need to compromise that right now. You don't. Anymore, you don't. No. You, know? you don't need to compromise it. Period. You know, and uh, it's it's unrelated, but it's similar in a way where, um, you know, like sometimes there'll be, you know, ethnic names that are different, whether you're you know black or Hispanic, where these these names are different. And most people in this country don't know how to pronounce it. And it's OK. Like, correct them, correct them every time until they get it right. That's your fucking name. And, you know, like your name could be, you know, Shaniqua or you know, like, or, or some other complicated name, but no, like people should fucking learn it just because your name isn't Jim, you know, like, no, like you, they, like if you work with someone, or if you're around them all the time, they have a responsibility to learn. it. Yeah. You should absolutely know the people's names that, yeah. uh, especially when they tell you what their name is. That's it. Right. Right. Um, but, you can call the Corey hotline any week, anytime. 832 930 Yeah, guys, a couple of weeks ago on an episode, you did the clue for the ridiculous reads by Michael McDowell. And I can't really fault you for the things you were pointing out about it. But I did want to say he's written some great horror novels. Mm. Uh, he wrote the Blackwater Saga and the Elementals, which is really great. So people should check him out, even if they don't check out Clue. <laughs> well, yeah, you know what? He, I, he wrote heard... them lamentedly, uh, algebraically, didn't he? Said no. Uh, well, you know what? I I didn't know that was the same Michael McDowell because I've read the Elementals, and yeah, that is a you know like about the whole like haunted house and like the people are at the beach and everything like that. Right. that yeah. 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 Uh, no, I read that, um, and I had no idea that was the same guy. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, and he's the one who you know came up with the part of the story to Beetlejuice, also. Wow! Yeah, that that's right. Yeah, because I remember reading I, that in the uh, 
in the description of, of the elementals or the like, you know, about the author. I remember reading that. Yeah, he was one of the guys who came up with Beetlejuice. Right. I had no idea, though, that that was the same guy who did Clue. And we always rag a little bit on our ridiculous reads because the novelization is always ridiculous. Uh, yeah. And so we rag a little bit on it, but it's not an insult. Uh, like, we don't mean to insult the author necessarily. Uh, but uh, but I'm glad you brought that to my attention, though, because I have read his other stuff. So Yeah, yeah and that particular night, tensions were running high. Uh, between yes. us so we weren't like necessarily maybe uh focused on so much of the work as we were uh the tension that's true that's true because yeah. i'm a prick and he's an answer. i am a prick and uh <laughs> we are pricking it up together well well you so that's a... what sells the show baby <laughs> i'm i'm a prick and you're a nancy boy is what i was like. <laughs> Like, and that's our things. first shirt, dude. I'm a yes. prick. And then on the back it says, and you're a Nancy boy. And, and those are hoodies. Yep. Hoodies coming out. Yeah. Because it's still fall. Wait, and, on, and on the God front, and on the front, it's my angry face. And on the back, it's your sad face. On like, the back, it's my little... deflated penis. Just <laughs> hanging limply. Yeah. <laughs> it's always about the penis with this guy. Always. <laughs> <laughs> all right well i think that brings us into our topic what do you think i think it does all right yeah. let's like we should, we need to get to this because we've been on for a while you're you're right yeah i i usually am all right so let's, let's <laughs> all right well that brings us right into our topic which is one two three four death metal death fucking metal death Metal. Part two, two. bitches. Two. Two. And I'm really, really glad that we have... Uh, thank you. I'm really glad that we have Ryan Harding here for this because Ryan is an enormous death metal fan. Uh, so, uh, y'all, uh, jump in anytime with this, Ryan, because we're going to just talk about death metal in kind of a random flowing way as we did the first time and we didn't get to the th everybody because it's just there's it's such a big topic, you know? Yeah, yeah there's hundreds oh, oh. of bands we could talk about. Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, so so like just to, before we start, then let me like I actually do want to throw it to Ryan. Like, so you listen to the first episode, then we were even like, we should have Ryan on the episode to help it. Like, and you're like, oh, fucking shit. Like, uh, <laughs> what What did we, uh, what, what do you have, like, where would you go from what, where we left off, yeah. or what do you have to add from what you heard? Um, let's start from there. Okay. Uh, I'd probably bring up some more uh, U.S. bands first before moving on to somewhere like Sweden, where they had just an amazing scene over there. But uh, some of the other, Floridian bands that were really good, some of the New York, New Jersey bands that were awesome. Uh, so, like in New York, there was Immolation and Incantation. Right. Okay. I'm still really big on Incantation. They're still putting out albums every couple of years. Um, mm -hmm. Suffocation, of course, was a big yeah. one. Yeah. The Ripping Corpse, yeah. I was a big sure. fan of them too. Um, but yeah, like you said, Cannibal Corpse came down from Buffalo to Florida. And it's like some of the other bands in Florida, I love Disincarnate. They only had the one album ever. And I guess they've kind of threatened to do another one, but it, so far it hasn't happened. Uh, yeah, Massacre. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. guys from Death form Massacre after Chuck kicked them out. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, Monstrosity had Imperial Doom. That was a really cool album from that time. And uh, Incubus, I think they were Louisiana. The transplants from uh, South America, I think. Uh, they had Beyond the Unknown and Serpent, Serpent Temptation, both which were really cool albums. Uh, first brutality, especially screams of a- anguish, was really good. Uh, so those those were a few of the uh, U.S. bands that I I thought of just uh, based on what you guys were talking about. Plus, you know, I liked obviously Death and Cannibal Corpse. I started with Cannibal Corpse, especially for the horror and gore angle, because that was like the one thing that really drew me to death metal to begin with. Yeah. So same uh, here, same yeah. here. Yeah, like and those Cannibal Corpse like album covers and song titles like. It grabbed me even before I heard the music, you know? Oh, yeah. I would sit there with the lyric sheet and follow along with it. And yeah. And, I, I and, would I'd transcribe the lyrics during class in high school just as something to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and and they would, like, pull from, uh, like, medical, you know, textbooks and, and things like that. That, that for, was more carcass. Lyrics. Yeah, that, that was, was a carcass more, thing. That was carcass. That was a carcass thing? Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I like Carcass. I've been listening to a lot of Carcass mm-hmm. this whole time. I Carcass still just, has, I still Carcass just keep is, going back to Carcass. Carcass is, is my personal favorite, but no, Cannibal Corpse was more uh, just getting down to the horror aspect and a lot of serial killer uh, type of lyrics uh, and really like going for as extreme as they could get away with uh, was their kind of uh, claim to fame. Yeah. Yeah, when you have entrails ripped from a virgin's cunt, it's, right. it's hard. To, it's hard to compete with that. But. Yeah, when, when, yeah. When you have a song called "Necro Pedophile," you know, <laughs> like a song called "Fuck with a Knife," you know, like <laughs> yeah. But no, like the medical stuff was definitely Carcass. They're the ones who really got into all of that stuff. Uh, and you yeah. know what? It, it, I wanted to mention this. Uh, you know, Ryan, you may remember, and John, you may may as well, but. Um, I, I have an inkling that Ryan may remember. Do you remember a band called uh, General Surgery? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't. They, I don't. They were, um, they were the like the biggest carcass ripoff yeah. ever. Like uh, unbelievably, yeah. And like you, you know, because John, when you mentioned like the whole medical thing, the band was called General Surgery. General Surgery, like yeah. uh, that's a pl- that's that's a double entendre. Yeah, I mean, like that's like it's almost admitting that they're ripping off Carcass, but even this the sound of the band, uh, like they they did the whole like the high like that like that Jeff Walker really kind of invented. Like I don't think anyone did that high death death metal voice uh, before him. Uh, it was more the whole brrr, like the lower Chris Barnes style. Uh, but they right. did that, and they also did like the whole like burping bill steer kind of thing and so like they were they were a carbon copy of carcass they were like what except uh, was to uh, acdc <laughs> you know like those except guys that were like balls to the wall and they were just like totally an acdc ripoff <laughs> like that was general surgery and they had one album and then they kind of disappeared and i guess well, that, they, they, did, they did eventually do like full-length albums like a couple of them and i thought they were pretty good i mean they still had the carcassisms to them big time yeah. but uh yeah. yeah there were there were a lot of bands that uh tried to really imitate uh carcass like them and necroni and uh pathologists there's like a whole subgenre of them pretty much there there is you're right about that i but like i remember general surgery 
uh, although technically proficient, and they sounded good. You're right, they're they're good. Uh, but uh, it was just that EP. I think it was ne ne Necropolis or Necropacy or something like that. It was called. Uh, and, and then, like later on, they did have albums, and I think they're 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 even now like trying to do some stuff. But they uh, they were such a, a, a copy, a carbon copy of Carcass. That my buddies and I, who love Carcass, we were like, "Fuck this band!" Like we absolutely hated them because they were like such a ripoff of Carcass, you know. Um, well, General Surgery just sounds fun. <laughs> I mean, well, like I, yeah, General I mean, Surgery, like well, it could be a Saturday morning cartoon almost. Right. Yeah, it was guys from uh, Dismember and uh, Carbonized and Carnage were in General Surgery, and I mean, it was totally just to be Carcass worship. Nice. It was, and there was a there was like a Carcass uh, tribute album that they were on, as well. I forget the name of it, but yeah, they're like the Requiem's of Revulsion, I think see, it was called. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was something like that. Requiem's for for Revulsion, yeah. Uh, so yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Um, probably an ear ear uh, earlaps re release, uh, but uh, but yeah, so like they, they weren't necessarily hiding it, but as as teenagers who were like carcass rules, you know, we were just like, fuck these guys. Cause they just sounded exactly like carcass. Yeah. Um, there were other bands I liked who were doing like the horror thing, like autopsy, of course, and broken hope. Jeremy Wagner's band had some mm -hmm. really disgusting lyrics and yeah. cancer from the UK was another one that did the yeah, like, yeah. lyrics and, uh, embalmer, was another uh mortician of course obituary so yeah there were a lot of bands that just yeah. played the horror oh, and oh, obituary is another uh florida band too uh yeah. yeah and yeah they had they definitely had the horror aspect from the very beginning with slowly they rot and everything or slowly we rot i'm sorry right. um which is still one of my favorites that they ever did uh but yeah they definitely had a, a huge horror uh influence um but then there was also uh, like some of the more comedic stuff, like uh, Macabre, when yeah. they did uh, um, Sinister Slaughter, where every song was about a real life serial killer, and that album's hysterical and great. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun that album. Yeah, Macabre was big for me because at that time I was reading a lot of true crime books, and so I was getting right. into death metal around that time. So here's this band that's singing about Ted Bundy and Charles Whitman and. Mm -hmm. Richard Ramirez, all these spree killers and serial killers, and then like the cover was a parody of uh, the Beatles, right. Sergeant Pepper's Lonely <laughs> yeah. Hearts Club Band. Everybody's a serial killer except yeah, the band. Yeah. <laughs> they did. They had pictures like it was everyone lined up, and there were all these pictures of serial killers. Yeah, that 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 album. Like I, I was in the same position as you, where I was reading these true crime books I got from the library about Richard Ramirez or Ed Gein or whoever. And uh, and here was this album that was all just a tribute to that, and it actually kind of introduced me to some account, like some actual murders that I didn't know about, like uh, um... <laughs> did he freeze? Are you frozen, dude? Can you hear us, Chris? Is that you? I'm here. There you okay, go. He bounced All right, out of it. Cool. There we go. We okay. got you now. All right. Well, then I was just going to say that uh, yeah, I was the same way in that um, 
in that I was reading a lot of true crime books from the library and so forth at the time. And, you know, like that album actually introduced me to some true crime that I wasn't uh, particularly aware of, like Mark Lupine, who killed all those, shot all those women. And killed uh, 14. Yeah, in Montreal, he only <laughs> shot girls. Shot girl. Kill <laughs> that poor woman. 14 as, of them. As the lyrics tell you, Mark Lupine killed 14. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the guy yeah, that, that made song... the new movie about Dune actually made a movie about Mark Lupine. Did he? Yeah, Polytech. What was it called? Polytechnique, I think it was called. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, after the school. Yeah. Mm. Tech. Tech. Uh, high school uh, or it's tech college okay, um, yeah yeah like all that kind of stuff like in the song in the soup about the daniel whatever his name Rackowitz. is who, yeah who, daniel rakowitz rakowitz thank you who cooked who cooked his girlfriend's head in a in a pot of soup yeah. uh yeah like like so it kind of introduced me to some stories i didn't even know about and uh lesser known you know serial killer mass murderer stories um that was uh yeah that that's uh what uh, inspired Ketchum's Joyride was the Howard Unruh thing, because he he had that list where he wrote Retal, right. his abbreviated list for all the people he was going to be getting back at, meaning retaliate. Right. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's where he got yeah. it. Yeah, and he, yeah, he, went, he just like walked down the street and just killed his neighbors and everything. Yeah, um, now that like Joyride has that that great finale um, of that rampage. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's totally based off of a, a a real crime. Yeah, where he just, like you said, he had that list of people he wanted to kill, and he just kind of went door to door. It took thirteen lives, twelve minutes time. Yeah. Yeah, that was the the chorus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good album. Good album. Uh, and they kind of continued. They they were an interesting death metal band because they had a very strange sound where they would do these kind of like some of them were kind of nursery rhyme themed like vampire of dusseldorf and stuff mm -hmm. like that you know uh they, they were an interesting an interesting band yeah which yeah, band are you guys talking about called right macabre macabre okay yes <laughs> they put out a new album a couple months ago called carnival of killers that i liked a lot so they're still doing it they're still uh, doing it no shit yeah, yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Were you, Ryan, were you in Florida as well, like as like Chris was during this time? No, no. Oh, no, you're just you're just into the scene. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever see death, like Chris? You saw death, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I never got to see death. Mm. Yeah, that's, yeah that's, one, that's one. That's one. That's one I missed out on. Yeah. I think I I think I mostly benefited just from being in Florida at the time, mm -hmm. um, and that's how. Wow, that's and that's the one and only time you'll ever be able to say that sentence <laughs> yeah but it really is that's the only upside yeah because yeah, yeah. um, like a lot of these bands were florida bands and and uh you know uh so i got to see them at these very small venues very low cost tickets yeah but but ryan i know you've seen a, a, a incredible amount of these bands live yeah, I've been fortunate enough to see quite a few of them. And just talking about Cannibal Corpse a while back, I saw them in 96. That was the year I graduated. And that was on the tour for Vile, where they were out with the Anthrax and the Misfits. 
And I remember that because somebody who went to the school that I graduated from was there. And I guess his mom didn't want him to <laughs> go to a show like that, worried yeah. something might break out. So his mom was there. With <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. How embarrassing is that? Yeah. Oh, my mom was at a Cannibal Corpse show is the name of a Cannibal Corpse album. Like, <laughs> well, it sounds more like an anal cunt album, but, uh, oh, yeah. but yeah, but I guess, uh, but like, um, Vile, I th- wasn't that the first one without Barnes? Yeah, it was. That was the first yeah. Corpse Grinder. Fisher. Yeah, yeah. And then you, the Misfits at the time, uh, they had Michael Graves, right? It yeah, was. I was night. not familiar with the Misfits at the time that I saw them, other than just by the name. I did not know their music, so oh. I mean, they were really loud. I remember that much. I was only around for about two minutes of their set, and my ears were just blown out. <laughs> well, well, two minutes is more than you need for Michael Graves. <laughs> okay, that's enough. Let's, no, no, fuck that let's guy. Pull back. No, no, fuck, fuck that you. guy. Fuck no, you no, guy. no, 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 no. Listen, like, no, fuck you, because. Michael Graves not only sucks, not only is his Misfits such stuff terrible, but he's also a fucking proud boy. So fuck him. He's a proud boy for real. A, no, he is for real. He's a proud oh, boy. Well then, fuck him. Yeah, God fuck damn him, it, dude. dude. Why? He had to ruin everything for me. I, I, I'm just the messenger, man. Like, well, like it, it should ruin it anyway. Listening to Famous Monsters, which is the worst fucking Shut shit up. that ever had the Misfits <laughs> label on it. No, fuck that, dude. Fuck All right, well, I graduated in 97, so I was, like, right behind you, dude. Like, uh, yeah. you graduated in 96, I was 97, class of 97, shouts out. 95. Uh, 95. 95. Look at us. And We're, like, true, one, two, true three. Story. True story. Yeah. I was, I was, All bad things happen in threes. True one, story. <laughs> true story. I was not allowed on the, pro- the school property when I graduated. Nice, dude. Mm-hmm. That's because <laughs> you, kept, you kept showing that dick. <laughs> no, it's like we said before. I, like I, I have a fucking temper, and uh, and I'm fucked up, and bad things well, happen when I'm around. So, well, we're not talking about your uh, confirmation at church, dude. We're talking about death metal. I know, <laughs> so, but, you know, like that's that's part of it. We that's were part of it. About, that's part of it. Talking about how much Michael Graves sucks because he sucks. But, uh, um, but, but that's no, an interesting lineup, though, of uh, misfits. And Cannibal Corpse, and who was, I'm is, sorry, Rob, who was the third one? Anthrax was the, Anthrax. Was the other. That, that is a that's weird, a weird lineup. lineup. Yeah, yeah, that is. yeah, it was. It's kind of like my buddy Greg told me, he went to see Metallica, and, uh, like, way back, and The Cult was the opening act for Metallica, which mm. is a weird kind of mix, and, like, apparently, like, Metallica was the, the headliner, and mm. everyone was there to see them, and like people were just like booing the cult and just being like "fuck you" to the cult, which sucks because the cult is a, is a good band, it's a really good band. Um, but, but to be fair, Greg was there like because the both of those bands were opening for the White Sox game, so he was just <laughs> waiting for that. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, no, he wasn't. Uh, but yes, he was. It's it's a weird combination uh, of Metallica with the the cult as is the combination of cannibal course with the misfits and anthrax it's a a strange combination of bands yeah but it at least got cannibal to my hometown so i was really happy to get to see him there you go yeah that's cool <clears throat> so who else have you seen you've seen a lot of them yeah uh gosh 
But some so, of the better ones that you saw, what were some of the better concerts that you saw? Uh, well, Napalm Death and Obituary was a good one. Uh, I've See, seen, I would have liked to have seen that. Uh, yeah, that sounds seen, like uh, a dynamite. One of the best was uh, was Diabolic, Hate Eternal, God Dethroned, and Cannibal Corpse. That was like four bands I all really wow. liked. And so yeah. that was just that, a good, good lineup. That's a solid lineup. And that makes sense more than the other ones. Yeah. Like yeah, that all goes together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um Angel Corpse. Uh, Angel Corpse Crisian and Incantation was another really good lineup. I like that show a lot. Yeah. 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 Was uh, was Corpse the opener of that one you mentioned? Well, I mean, were they the headliner? Yeah, they were. Uh-huh. Yeah, I figured as much. Corpse kind of dominated um that whole scene at the time. And I, I mentioned this before. I really think a lot of that was the image of Cannibal Corpse. And John Wayne mentioned uh, Ace Ventura. And yeah, that definitely gave him the boost. But I'm talking before that. Um, I think that really it was the image, the artwork, the the song titles. Uh, I really think like the whole hardcore horror, aggressive serial killer kind of um, uh, uh, feel of that band, I think is what really... Uh, projected them into the forefront yeah yeah that uh that subject matter the vincent Locke uh covers that right. all it all helped for the the horror experience and right even when barnes was gone you know they stuck to exactly what they were doing i remember metal maniacs the guy who interviewed him was like well i was kind of hoping you guys might explore different lyrical themes and alex webster was like we like gore <laughs> yeah, yeah, like fuck you, we're cannibal corpse. What the fuck yeah. do you think we're gonna do? You know, we're we're gonna do a cover of Adele or something? Like, yeah, of course not. Yeah. Um yeah, it it, it, it but it was like that. It was kind of like the whole thing with Iron Maiden back in the day, where it was like the, the covers and like the, the the titles, like it drew people in. Like the cover of Killers, you know, Iron Maiden's big debut album, like that pulled people in just that cover alone of like, you know, the, the Eddie corpse with the fucking bloody hammer, you know, like that, that kind of uh, like sold the album before people heard it. And I think the same thing was definitely true for Campbell corpse. Mm-hmm. I, I have, I have killers on vinyl and I also have the killers vans that they put out mm. the slip ons that had the album cover on the front of oh, them. The, oh, so they're, they're, they're shoes, their shoes. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, I love I love Killers. Yeah, I have that on the record of that and the the self titled. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah, but I I really think that that was a, a huge a huge draw where, like back then, uh, you know, where these bands didn't have uh, exposure on the radio and on MTV. Uh, I think like they really relied a lot on that cover artwork to grab people. Uh, you know, and and um, almost like we do uh, out at conventions and showing our books. Yeah, in a way. Yeah, yeah like the, the, yeah, same, the books the really ties the together. Can really sell it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like a good cover is worth the money. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Mortician Exhumed was another really good show that I saw. <sighs> we want to see Exhumed. Exhumed. That sounds. Yeah, cool. Exhumed does a really good, yeah. good, really good live show. Uh, I, did, I did see them at one point too. That was, I think, it was them and. Dead Horse. Oh, if, Dead uh, Horse, yeah. The Dead yeah. Horse, Houston yeah. Band, Houston Band. Yeah, I, I played with Dead Horse before. Oh, oh cool. nice. Very yeah. cool. Very cool. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it's been awesome. Uh, um, 
Dismember was a really, really great show. I saw yeah, them I with yeah, I saw them with Grave and the first three songs they played were the first three songs off like an ever flowing stream. So it was it was a killer show. Yeah, I remember like an ever flowing stream. I remember that like when I think of them, that's what I think of first and foremost is that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, seen Macabre. That was cool. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> I ordered a, a Macabre hat uh, from uh, the Elapse or, or, or Earache. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Uh, catalog. Uh, I ordered the hat without like they didn't have a picture of it. I was like, I just want the Macabre hat. Uh, and when did when you I, order this? Like back oh, in the day, or oh, yeah, way back, like pre-internet. Oh, okay. This was like '93 okay. or '94, whenever Sinister Slaughter came out. Mom wrote a check. Mom wrote a check. You know, it, brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I got the hat, and like, like I having no idea what it was supposed to look like, and it was a trucker hat, which I should have expected considering like like the content of their albums but i didn't i thought it was going to be this like cool like black hat that said macabre no it was this trucker hat that was white with this big like poofy front to it and everything and there were just like these fake blood stains all over it and it just said macabre and like dripping blood it was the stupidest looking hat ever <laughs> like i could not wear it like on a regular basis i was Do just, you like, still have it Oh no, no, it's long gone. Damn it! Uh, but uh, but yeah, it was the stupidest, cheesiest hat, and I was like, I should have expected this, uh, but I didn't. For and that was from reason. like from the Earache Records catalog. Uh huh. Like yeah. type of thing. That's awesome, though. Yeah, it was like, from. Like, that's pretty. Yeah, sweet. I used to, I used to get that catalog in the mail, dude. You know, like this is pre-internet, and like you know, I couldn't find these death metal albums in stores, so yeah, I had to order it all. You know, through the uh, through the catalog, and a lot of times I would order these albums before even hearing them or knowing if they're any good, just because I was interested in learning more about it because I I loved the genre so much. The very first uh, mail order that I did was for Macabre's Grim Gloom Reality CD. Yeah, it was the stuff before <laughs> Sinister Slaughter, and yeah, it was that was the first one I ever did. That was a really good one to start with. That's some of the coolest uh, stuff. Wow. Yeah, I used to get. They used to put out, you know, uh, compilation albums. Yeah, I was going to uh, bring that up. Death is just yeah. the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, I would get stuff like that. Nuclear Blast One Hundred was one of them. Uh, yeah, like you know, I used to get those, and that's how I would be like, okay, I really like this song, and then that's how I would learn of like a band, and then would get the album. Like um, Exit Thirteen was one that I really liked. Uh, uh-huh. I don't remember those guys. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, John Wayne, you would like them. A lot of their songs were about weed, uh, but, cool. <laughs> but they, 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 like they had this great song called "Open Season" on this uh, on on one of these nuclear blast uh, anthologies or, or compilations, and I was like, God, this song's so badass. And I, I don't even remember the name of the album, but I got one of their albums and I really enjoyed it. But yeah, they were they were death metal, but they're they were kind of like. Um, like vegetarian stoners like and their lyrics really reflected that like i didn't realize it at the time but that song open season was about hunting hunters that uh you know hunt animals and they're just like fuck you let's hunt the hunters i like i didn't even realize that listening to the song uh you know but that's kind of what they were all about um interesting fact that you will find probably awesome 
you know, I got these like I, I bought some records like death metal records, like from earache and stuff like that uh, and nuclear blast. And one of the records that I received from nuclear blast is the very brand brand spanking new Rob Zombie record signed <laughs> to nuclear blast. I got the first pressing spatter marble painted record and uh i knew that you would appreciate that sure well. sure uh but yeah back in the day uh, moving right along yeah moving right along back <laughs> in the day nuclear blast and and, and uh, all that like they were very focused on death metal with a little bit of the yeah. industrial metal like you mentioned with god flesh ministry and did they do ministry? Well, no, they didn't do ministry. No, 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 no. Eventually, God... Nuclear Blast did do ministry, I think. Did they? Did they I know the they... Godflesh stuff was on there. I know Godflesh was. Yeah. In later years, they did ministry, like, you know, in the past decade or so. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. yeah, but they did back in the day when oh, I was... Oh, not back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Um, yeah, I don't get the catalogs anymore. <laughs> so I don't know whether you everything. But, 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 yeah, but you keep getting that Victoria's Secret catalog, which is cool, man. It's which actually cool. the it's actually the Sears catalog. I know, um, dude. They were stacked up. They were stacked up by your toilet when I was visiting. And I was like, well, I gotta look at bikes and it's the bras, ladies. So. It's the ladies in the Sears catalog. Yeah, I mean yeah. you can almost see those nips through if you imagine really hard. You really, really <laughs> you have to have a vivid imagination. Yeah. And that's why we're all such great writers. <laughs> imagination. There were there were a lot of cool bands on Nuclear Blast. I liked uh, yeah, totally. the old old days of Cataclysm when they had the album Sorcery and Temple of Knowledge. I loved those. Those were yeah. utterly berserk albums. Yeah, uh, yeah. They had Macabre on Nuclear Blast. I liked Hypocrisy. They, they had just a bunch of cool bands on there and Relapse. Yeah, yeah uh, Relapse Records as well. Yeah, that's where I I um I discovered Relapse a lot of a... different bands on there, and some of them were. Sorry, go ahead. No, I'm sorry, you go ahead. I was just saying I discovered a lot of different bands by uh following uh those record labels. I think those are the only that was the only time in my life where I was really focused on a certain record label uh and followed and learned about the bands because of the label that they were on. Um and and really got my stuff exclusively through them. Uh, like all my pungent stench albums, and I, I bought pungent stench albums like as soon as it came out. I was like pungent stench, absolutely. Ever ever since I heard uh, been caught buttering, I was like I need all of this stuff, mm -hmm. and so it kind of went from there. Oh, did, you, did you had a visitor? Oh Jesus, that scares me. Thanks, love. <laughs> Thank you. My wife just brought me six beers. Thank you, love. Um, hey, did we bring up Roadrunner Records last week at all? Oh, I don't think, yeah. I don't think so. I guess so. Okay, so, so Road Roadrunner Records like was one of the first American record labels also to start signing like death metal stuff and starting it. And then they went in a weird path because they've got like a, a lot of weird bands, like famously the most weird Nickelback. And uh, really, wow. absolutely, yeah, that was like Nickelback's first record came out on Roadrunner Records. But then, like, also, like, Cold but, Chamber, but like, interesting just, like, that fact. goth, like, new metal band, like, they, they, like, went through all these, they went through some ch -ch -ch changes. But interesting is, fact, I was going to say, is Nickelback's first album is death metal. 
yeah i mean absolutely it's all about it's mostly about ho- hockey and uh hockey and, and then they're like Boy! no it's weird that's fucking weird like uh but they uh they're in the book like i was like oh shit they 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 mostly started signing or they mostly they started signing these death metal bands like that was like why roadrunner records started yeah yeah they so. gradually i guess phased that stuff out but at the beginning yeah there was obituary and deicide and suffocation yeah, deicide mm-hmm. deicide yeah. Rule yeah. fucking rules dude yeah that's we, another we option. just need to give deicide more credit or credence or talk more about them on another this. florida band yeah. yeah glenn benton is fucking awesome uh, but again, I still talk think, about staring again, into the void and not relenting. God damn I, it! Dude. Again, <laughs> I, I I do I will say I think Glenn Benton's more uh, cheesy than badass. Uh, I do like Deicide. Oh, 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 oh no, oh, you're cheesy, dude. I didn't say I wasn't, but <laughs> I, like to me, Glenn Benton is like the Count Chocula of death metal. Uh, like he is just. He's so like Satan, 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 Satan that it becomes funny. Yeah, uh, you know, like that's, they, what they, that's what he's supposed to be doing. But they, they're you know, like Dead by Dot, Dead by Dot, Dead by Dot. That's funny. That's a fucking funny song. Yeah, it's like it's he's, he's referencing Evil Dead. It's fucking funny. Well, that's my point. Is is Deicide is funny to me. I can't right. take them seriously because they they lay on the Satanism so heavy uh, that it's yeah, cheesy. It's hilarious. Yeah, 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 it is. It yeah, just is. But the, the the music is awesome no the, the the i really like the first two albums after that wow. i kind of i kind of just stopped you kind of stopped was... after every two albums dude no uh <laughs> just like i was with them when they really first started like i heard suicide sacrifice that was the first one i heard on college radio i remember because I, I taped it uh and i was like this is fucking awesome they're just telling you to kill yourself for satan that's really what i want to listen to as a as a 15 year old boy uh and and uh and yeah like the first two albums deicide and lesion those are those are excellent albums i really like them and i'm sure the the albums after that are are you know good too but i i like that's all i needed in my life uh i was just like okay like like after a while i was like okay this is just funny now yeah it's not not funny it's just still it's good. hilarious still it's hilarious yeah, it's he still rips well to me morbid angel was the one that i that i took more seriously as far as like satanic death metal bands go like they they had a, a better sound in my personal opinion they were more elaborate uh i i really like to me blessed are the sick sick, 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 sick perfect death metal album and i think it's infinitely better than uh uh deicide personally so well, that's they, a personal claim to make. It is. It's, Ryan, it's, 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 Ryan, where do you where do you weigh in on this? Really good. Go ahead. Um. Yeah, I love uh, I love Deicide. I have. I think I have all their albums. Um. I don't have all the Morbid Angels albums, so make of that what you will. All right. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I love I love the first three Morbid Angels for sure, and I liked uh, the F album a lot. Formula's Fatal to the Flesh. Um, yeah. Some of the others are a little hit or miss, and I mean, you know, so are Deicides for that matter. But yeah, sure. a lot of them are really cool. And uh, I've seen Deicide twice. Yeah, they actually came here uh, 
consecutive years. I think they played the exact same set the second time too, but it was still, it was still awesome. Yeah. And, See, that's uh, even more but, badass. Like we don't even know what set we're supposed to play here. Last that fuck it. Here we go. But, but Ryan, but Ryan, like, do you not see what I'm saying? Whereas like they, they're so focused on Satan that it becomes kind of silly after a while. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. All right. Morbid Angel at least kind of ventures into other topics of like, you know, the apocalypse or they even get into Lovecraft. Uh, and, you know, like they have songs that are like on Bless Are the Sick, they talk about Cthulhu and, and Tiamat and all this stuff. Uh, so I think they were a little more versatile. Uh, and I also think personally that they're better. But uh, I like Deicide. I do. I think they're a good death metal band. No question. But Glenn Benton particularly is is kind of cheesy to me person right well at least he didn't bury the lead dude he's like we're not trying to be mystical and talk about like the old ones or whatever like we're about satan and killing babies which is what i'm all about <laughs> and uh true, uh, as, true. as my tattoo from uh the abortogram which is uh right there uh yeah. so i want to put that on front street and i think he put it on front street as well and then he just wrote it into the ground uh, as far as he could go. And he came well, out the other side and kept writing it just like I would that's, do. That's, that's the, <clears throat> you, like you said it perfectly, into the ground. He, yeah. he did the whole Satan thing into the ground to the point where it becomes silly. It's kind of like Anton LaVey, the leader of the Satanic Church, uh, where he would wear like a cape and cowl with little like fake devil horns on his head. And it's like, that's funny, dude. That's yeah, silly. That's the and Satanism. But like, like, yeah, it is. But I'm like, but that's silly and funny, and that's how Glenn Benton comes off to me with his little upside down cross in his head and just yeah. singing like Satan, 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 Satan. It's well, silly. It's well, just once you burn silly. a cross upside down in your forehead, what else do you have? I mean, where else are you gonna go? You better fucking have doubled down. Yeah, and but, I think he like, did, which is what I expect from him. But some people Which, think that I that's totally that. badass. Some people think that's totally badass. To me, that's silly. I think silly. it's badass. I think, I think it's, it's silly. I think it's silly. Yeah, I do. I think it's just like, okay, you're trying so hard to be badass that you I become know, but you stupid. hate rock and roll. And, and I do not hate rock and roll. And I do. Like, like, that's absolutely not true. You know, look, you froze. You hate it so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Are you there? Satan Dude, came to claim him. Are you there? Are you there? Hello? I can see yeah, you. Yeah, now fine. I see you. Now you're back. Right. Now you're... Uh, no, <laughs> I, don't, I don't hate rock and roll. That's absolute bullshit. It's just there's certain things where I say, all right, now you've, you've become camp. And Deicide is camp to me. It's, it's, it's camp death metal. No, it's the children who are wrong. It's the children who are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're goddamn right it is. No, like I put them in the same camp. Uh well, I I mean not totally, but like Macabre and Anal Cunt where I just kind of laugh, like I can't help but laugh at Deicide now when I listen to them. I'm like you're so over the top with the with the satanism that it's funny. So it, Yeah, but it still rules. No, musically it's great. Musically yeah. it's excellent. It's excellent death metal. No, no question. And talking about Satan is awesome too. So what's the what is your beef? Yeah, but well, my beef is that every song is like Satan rules, Satan, Satan, Satan. Oh, Satan, right. love you, Satan. It just it yeah. just gets it just gets repetitive. You have know? you ever been to church? Of have course I haven't. <laughs> of course not. Why would I go to church? Fuck that. 
You're um, right. You're right. But, uh, Morbid Angel and Nile was another really good show I saw. Dude, I, was... I saw Nile here in Houston recently, and they fucking ripped, dude. Yeah, I've, awesome. I've seen them, Fuck like, out. I think three or four times. So, yeah, I've, I've seen them a few. Uh, that was uh, Formula's Fatal to the Flesh tour for Morbid Angel, and then it was Nile's first full-length album. And, yeah, it was, that was a really good one. Do you have certain bands that are your particular favorites, Ryan? Uh it's kind of hard to pick favorites. Yeah. It really is because I like so many. But uh, if I'm picking like some of my favorite uh, like death metal albums from the classic era, of yeah, okay, the late, best of the late '80s and early '90s, uh, Carcass yeah. Symphonies of Sickness is one of my all-time favorites. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Cannibals, Butchered at Birth, uh, yeah. the first two Deicides, Bolt Thrower's Realm of Chaos. Yeah, uh, dude, we didn't talk enough about Bolt Thrower. Yeah, well, um, Altars of Madness, uh, Repulsions, Horrified, Terrorizers, World Downfall, um, Entombed, Left Hand Path, Dismember, Like an Ever Flowing Stream. Um, yeah. There's, there's Obituaries, Cause of Death, uh, Malevolent Creations, Retribution. There's, there's a lot of classic you know, stuff. It's, it's funny because like you go back to the classics too, and that's how I am with it. Where it's like. I, I naturally gravitate more towards the late 80s, early 90s death metal. And I think that's because that was my introduction to it, maybe. Uh, like, everybody loves the stuff that first, like, awoke awoken them, you know. Because, um, uh, again, yeah, I'm the same way, where it's like I like, you know, Altars of Madness and, and Blessed Are the Sick by Morbid Angel. Uh, I really love, uh, with Corpse, you know, Eaten Back to Life, Tomb of the Mutilated, The Bleeding, and and then after that, I just don't really care, honestly. And it's not because right. I'm super well, attached to Barnes. It's because I, it's because those were my albums of of that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in fact, and you mentioned Symphonies of Sickness. That was the first CD I ever bought. Uh, I mean, I had you know cassette tapes before that, um, and in plenty of death metal cassette tapes, but. Symphonies of Sickness was the first CD I ever bought, and I didn't even have a CD player yet. It's just, I, I finally found that album, and I wanted it so bad, and I couldn't find it on cassette, and I was visiting my grandmother. I was in New York, and I managed to find that CD, and I still have it to this day. First CD I ever bought. That's awesome. oh, so you have the uncensored cover and everything? Yeah, it's the uncensored nice. cover with all of the fucking guts and craziness, all that, that mosh pause of grossness. Yeah, nice. yeah, yep. So all, all uncut, uh, and uh, yeah, because I heard empath- empathological necroticism uh, was on um, college radio. I was lucky enough to have college radio in my hometown, and and death metal being so big at the time in that in that state, uh, there was a, a like a midnight show that was all focused on death metal, and I used to tape it, and that song was kind of my introdu- introduction to Carcass. Uh, was that song and so yeah i totally grabbed up that album mm-hmm. and uh yeah definitely a life changer on that and then after that it was just like you know ne- necroticism came out uh like right after right around that time and i remember my buddies and i just like just couldn't wait to get it when it came out yeah that's cool yeah <laughs> To, um bring it like into the like past all of that one of the bands that uh i listened to throughout like reading this book and kind of like like looking back like oh i remember that band was like uh at the gates yeah um, i really like 
them. Like I listened to like I I went like in a deep dive on them and I was like, wow, these guys like really rip. Like these are guys are awesome. Yeah. Um like and then uh I guess like more recently bringing in like uh, Arch Enemy did the same thing. Um and like trading like female vocalists. I think we talked about that last last time, but not uh, much. Not, not much, did, really. No, yeah. no, we yeah, didn't. Not, not, oh, okay. No, like, I, and I think, we, no, I think we should. Is what I'm saying. I, and I don't mean to interrupt, but like, yeah, they. A lot like, of the. I, death could, metal, I can't remember, like, if I talked to, to yeah. us about it, or or I was reading the book and talked to well, like a lot Katie of the, about it, but most most death metal at the time was all male fronted. Uh, but mm-hmm. as it progressed, yeah, you're right. Like, we started to have some uh, female, you know, uh, frontmen, if as you will, yeah. Yeah, and well, in Arch Enemy, like you know, the 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 woman that uh, you know, I wish I fucking had names, but she like she sang for and and like really truly put it put it down like in a big bad way, and then she moved to back and like has managed the band, and another female uh, singer, uh, you know, took took over. Yeah, that I believe, and then like, but man, there's a lot of awesome like chicks that growl and scream. Yeah, I, I met. Th- I met this like girl like in Las Vegas. Came up to my table and was talking to me. She had, like long orange dreads and shit. Her name was Lena. And uh, I was like, "Oh yeah." She's like, "Yeah, I'm in a band. Like it's cool." She's like, "She's Russian." And uh, I was like, "Yeah, that's cool. Like yeah, I'm in a band too. Whatever." Like she bought a book and then like she followed me on like Instagram and I went to follow her back. But she's like in this enormously huge fucking metal band out of russia that she plays in that's on nuclear blast oh shit and wow. uh you know uh they're well, called infected, Ra- infected rain okay infected rain and she like screams like <laughs> like like amazingly and i was like you know when like your dick goes inside of your body Sometimes when you're <laughs> like, oh, why did I think I was well, yeah, you know, you know, yeah. yeah. And I was like, Jesus Christ. But she did take a picture of herself in the bathtub with one of my books. So That's that cool. was kind of that was That's, cool. I mean, you can't ask for more than that. Yeah. No, you can't. I think the first and I may be confusing myself, but I want to say the band name was Winter. Yeah. Uh, OK, with OK. Y, with, an, with a Y. No, I don't think no. so. It was just winter. Just winter. Yeah, okay. So Ryan, I'm I'm right with this. That was a female frontman with that band. No, maybe you're thinking of mythic. It would be a front woman. So it wasn't winter. I thought winter. I, they might have. Let me. Yeah. Look at that. I can't remember, but I I thought it was winter where it was the first time I was like, holy shit, it's a it's a female, uh, singing death metal. I think yeah. that was we're it. The, but... We're the fucking worst. <laughs> we're the absolute. We're totally unprepared. We're terrible, all of us. No, but I, I don't know. But, I may but be you wrong, should right? listen to Infected Rain. Like, check out my friend Lena. Like, she's yeah, fucking, it's it's more commonplace like, now. Absolutely. Okay, Winter was okay. I, I thought Winter was just guys, and it was. Is maybe it? you're thinking of Mythic. Okay. Mythic was women, I think. Maybe. Yeah, maybe that's it. I don't know, but it, they were it, it was they were early. a death slash doom band, and they were yeah, it was all women. Okay, okay, that's it. Because it was all women. I remember it was all women, not right. just the, the singer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were on relapse. That's probably who it was then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I also like like locally. Like I have to give a shout out to like uh, Doomstress Alexis. Alexis, she's uh, the head uh, person of Project Armageddon. 
mm. uh, which is a doom uh, band fronted by a, a transgender woman. And uh, then also like Lucifer, like I stumbled upon this band in uh, at the secret group one night here in Houston and they were like in the green room and I went in there and I was like, what's going on here? And like these, this is a band from Portland with female fronted doom metal. And they went up and just like ripped the shit out of the night. Nice. So, um, just like more like, you know, some bands that are out there now, like touring too. I just want to give some shouts out to like, yeah, it's, like it's Kendrick. much more commonplace now, uh, where you have female, uh, fronted death metal bands or are, or all female or, or doom but, like doom battle or doom or, or yeah whatever yeah uh, all kinds of battle you have uh female frontmen which is is awesome and great um but it was it was uh definitely a rarity back in the day uh and, and Ar- I, Arch- I think arch enemy was the first one to was, were they yeah yeah, yeah 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 i would imagine it was about in, that. in bolt thrower the bass player was a female yeah. But, right, Joe Bench. Huh? Yeah, but I don't think she sang any songs. Yeah, right. Brian, no, am I? No. Both yeah, thrower. So... Both thrower was kind of interesting too. The great death metal band, really great. I used to pump iron to them like nobody's business. Uh, but they're um, they're 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 an interesting band because uh, they took a different approach in that like all of their songs were like very military and war based. You know, yeah. there was like. As opposed to like the gore and uh, you know like carnage and necrophilia of most death metal, <laughs> they were just like you know the granite wall and the seventh offensive and like all of this war themed stuff. Uh, yeah. So they kind of had an interesting approach. Like that's that's one of the things that uh, interests me with death metal is like the the kind of aberrations and the different uh, approaches that these bands had uh, lyrically and then also musically as well. Um, and Carcass, I think, is a great example of that with their like overly technical, uh, Thethoris language, uh, and then also like the way that they were more melodic, uh, not so much at the very beginning where they were very grindcore, but you know, fairly early before other people did it, they had these incredibly melodic guitar solos, uh, and mm-hmm. got very technical. I think them and Death were the ones that really kind of springboarded that. Would you mm-hmm. agree? Yeah, that was just, yeah, it was definitely more of a thing with them and the more melodic solos. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Especially around the croticism for, for them. Yeah, that, that was really when it started to kind of change. And then Heartwork just took it in a very different direction. Um, but I really appreciate that. Like, I really love Heartwork. That's probably my favorite Carcass album. Heartwork is awesome, dude. It is. Yeah. I've been blasting that while I've been writing lately. Uh, I want to get that on vinyl. Yeah, it's I actually, I actually have that one because Jeff Walker sent it to me. That's fucking amazing, <laughs> yeah. dude. Tell this story, Jeff. Okay, I was uh, out, dude. Jeff. Come yeah, on, I man. sold a. Uh, I'm trying to think of his, I guess it was the DVD of Zombie, Lucio Fulci Zombie. And this was back when it uh, had kind of gone out of print at the time. And so I sold it on there and he was the one who won the auction and <laughs> I mailed it to him. I, no, he, uh, he like sent, he, he tried to pay for it immediately. He rushed payment. And back then there wasn't PayPal, you know, he sent it through the mail and uh, I didn't get the payment right away. And he sent another one, and so I got that money and sent him the 
the uh, DVD or whatever. And uh, then his first payment arrived and I just sent it back to him. You know, I wasn't going to take it or anything, but he was uh, happy to get his money back that I didn't just pocket it or whatever. And so as a thank you, he sent me the LP of Hartwork, which he'd signed. Damn, that's that's, awesome, that's fucking dude. amazing. God so, but but it. yeah, you but like you were like, hey, uh, I see your name is Jeff Walker. Do you happen to be that Jeff Walker, or was it <laughs> yeah. something like that? Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was like that. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's. Or did funny. he say like? Did he say like, hello? I'm Jeff Walker of Carcass. I would like to buy <laughs> your like. <laughs> well, you know, I think did I, I lead with it. I I still have it in my basement. I have a shoebox that's just filled with. Uh, cassette tapes cassette tapes from like that i just can't bear to part with and one of them is i have the uh the promotional copy of heartwork damn it there you go yeah yeah i i I promotional heartwork yeah it was the it was the promotional cassette tape before the album came out that Mm -hmm. i managed to get and yeah, it's just like, oh my god, I was so fucking excited, man. Um, and, and yeah, I still have that fucking thing. Yeah, it's like this black, like very basic cover um, for artwork. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, getting uh, back to the female vocalist, uh, Sinister is a band I like a lot. And there was a period in like the beginning of the century where uh, Rachel Heiser sang. Did the vocals for them on uh, Creative Killings and Savage or Grace, those albums. So I liked her a lot. And she was also in um, a band called Infinited Hate. Of course, that's not a real word, but <laughs> that's a really good, that was a really cool band too. And yeah. also in some yeah. a band called Temple. So um, I liked her voice. She had a pretty low voice. Yeah. It, it's was- funny you mentioned like the made up words. And there's a lot of that in death metal. Uh, I think I mentioned on the last show uh carcass has that song embryonic necropsy and devourment yeah, and yeah devourment's not a word but then there was a band called devourment, devourment after that yeah. <laughs> right yeah 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 now it's in the dictionary <laughs> i don't think it is but the glenn uh, benton dictionary yeah i don't think that's a thing but i'd, I'd buy that before i buy the fucking michael graves dictionary <laughs> well, if he's, a, terrible... if he's a proud boy, then yeah, I'm not. Jesus Christ! But, Even you know, if that, he that wasn't... everything. Dude, Famous Monsters is diarrhea. Like, it's not only a bad Misfits album; it's just a bad you're, album. Fuck you're that diarrhea, album. dude. You're diarrhea. <laughs> I'm diarrhea all day long, but you know what? I'm taking that Misfits fucking Famous Monsters with me. Jesus, I wipe my. I'll see, I wipe I'll my see you in diarrhea hell. I wipe my shit splattered ass with that album. Jesus. Your ass and you know what? It doesn't clean my ass. It makes it more shitty. That's how shitty yep. that fucking ass <laughs> That's because you have poor digestion, dude. Yeah. yeah shitting yeah. out. Well, do you have poor taste in music shirt. if you're like that fucking well, album? Christ. Well, I mean, you, well, you, you know, I'm not doing any, you any favors in my taste of music. Uh, anyway, so. That's <laughs> true. That's true. Uh, but yeah, any real Misfits fan would tell you, fuck you with that. Yeah, but yeah, anyway, anyway uh, but <laughs> we, uh, I don't know, man. We've been at this for almost three hours. Do you think that we need to... Have we, it? it says Only like two, two hours in the thing. Yeah, the call has been um, going on for three hours and seven minutes. 
Okay. But they're just we have the breaks and stuff. Too. Some, yeah, I'm, the, I'm all saying, the times like, I froze. Well, okay. Let's let's uh, uh, let's let's kind of like wrap it up in a way. Yeah. Uh, um, let's, let's land this plane somehow because. All right. All right. Okay. Well, let's let's say this. What? Let's each kind of say what we think are the the ultimate death metal albums like maybe like a top five if you had to pick what are the ultimate death metal albums if you were going to tell someone who'd never listened to death metal who are interested be like okay these are the five i'm handing you what do you think guys well i mean uh is this an impossible question i I don't i don't know (laughs) i don't even know enough like I'm more new to this, whereas like I, I knew of it and knew knew the bands, but I'm just now getting more into like, oh, let me listen to this whole entire album, right? Uh, type of thing. So so like we like on the road driving to, uh, Charlotte, I listened to the master version of Scream Bloody Gore on the title app. Nice. Uh, this is not branded content. We had the free this free trial. Uh, and it was awesome, like to listen yeah. to like the whole master of it. Like we, I listened to that, and then there was another death album that was on there as well. That was a master. Uh, but like, I, I I don't know. Like I don't have. I I can just say like the bands. Like death, of course, reinforced. Carcass is like number one. I've been listening to Carcass yeah. like crazy. Uh, you know, I, I was already listening to Cattle Decapitation. Uh, you know, Napalm Death. Uh, re- like I was like, well, I've heard of Napalm Death, but I know you think that's like grindcore, but whatever. Like it sparked the whole shit like over. Well, no, in, that's okay. The two, the two kind of overlap yeah. though. Like like grindcore and death metal overlap a lot. Uh, but I would co- definitely consider Napalm Death at least their earlier works grindcore. Uh, yeah. R- Ryan, what do you think? And then DSI yeah. also is my favorite. Yeah, they were definitely grind in the early days, and I was just yeah. thinking I should have mentioned like from enslavement to obliteration and the grind classics with the uh, world downfall yeah. by terrorizer and horrified by repulsion. Yeah, yeah. Even Carcass, even Carcass was very much grindcore yeah. in the early days. Recaputrification. Um, putrefaction. And, and you know that 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 reminds me of another thing. Uh, like the Peel sessions. You remember those? The Peel session yeah. tapes. Like mm-hmm. those were those were a big thing too, uh, with the death metal. It's all those those different uh like demo al- albums almost. Yeah. Yeah, you can get like there's a triple C D I think of it's called Grind Madness. Uh it it has like all the bunch of the peel sessions on there like Carcass and Bolt Thrower and Heresy yeah. and Unseen Terror and just like all that stuff. I found the, the the cassette tape of Carcass Peel Sessions while I was in New York City visiting uh, again, and I was just like, "Holy shit! Oh my god, the Peel Sessions!" I was I was just over the moon, and I grabbed it immediately. Uh, yeah, I think I, I I think I would like go with um, for my five. I think I would have to say "Scream Bloody Gore" by Death because uh, I know a lot of. I think I think a lot of people would argue this between them and Possessed and, and a couple others, but I, I really consider them the first death metal band. Um, so I would say Scream Bloody Gore. I would say Blessed Are the Sick by Morbid Angel. Um, probably Sense of Symphonies of Sickness by Carcass. Probably a Deicide, actually. Uh, your first Deicide album as well. And, of course, you got to have Cannibal Corpse in there. Um I want to say Eden Back to Life because that was like the one that introduced me to them. But I, I really 
think the bleeding is the one that I think most people would be able to get right into as an introduction. Yeah, because, yeah, it's because a more, it, you know, accessible. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's got they've got more of a groove to it. They've got you can kind of understand Barnes a little bit. Um, yeah, it's more accessible for sure. Mm. For sure. How about you? Do you have like a certain like top five, Ryan? Uh, if I was trying to pick five out of some of the titles I mentioned a little while ago, I'd probably go with Symphonies of Cygnus from Carcass, and I'd go with Butchered at Birth from Cannibal Corpse. Uh, yeah. I, I know people are more into probably Tomb of the Mutilated, as I think is more of the favorite, but Butchered's yeah. just, yeah. I like the craziness of the riffs and Butchered so much. Um I would say even though it's as much grind as death metal terrorizers world downfall, because it's just incredibly brutal. Um, Repulsion's horrified, which is also as much grind as death metal. Yeah, like, that's it definitely is. One. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, maybe in Tomb's left-hand path, because it's so influential. And on that note, we should say rest in power to LG Petrov, who uh, passed away a couple weeks ago. Rest in power. Rest in power. Shit, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's know. he's had he's had cancer and uh, oh, fuck. yeah, yeah. So Dude. unfortunately, he passed away. Former uh, vocalist of Entombed and Entombed AD. Entombed was super influential with oh, the yeah. death metal uh, bands. So they were really like on the forefront, one of the earliest ones. Yeah, they um, were early, yeah. early. Like mentioned, very that. early. Yeah, I did see them live once, which was very cool. Um. But yeah, that's 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 too bad, man. I didn't even know that that he had passed away. Mm. Yeah, they uh, and like the sunlight sound was such a huge thing for those early Swedish death uh, albums from Dismember. Yeah. Like an ever flowing stream had that sound, and uh, Carnage, Dark Recollections really had that sound. And yeah, no, you're definitely they definitely did. I mean, that's um, the thing now. There's like a whole subgenre of what they call the HM2 death metal bands who use that old pedal that, uh, like the huge mid range was how uh, Entombed got that sound. And there's a lot of bands who imitate that now. Yeah, definitely. Would Damn, you... dude. If you want to talk about gear and dialing in shit, that's a whole nother episode. I could talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> what do you guys, uh, what do you guys but... think? Like between like, like death possessed Entombed. Do you think there was a band that you really kind of credit as as being the death metal band that really started it all? Uh, I've already said I think Death is the one. Uh, what about you guys? I think a good yeah. I think Scream Bloody Gores makes a really good case. Yeah, yeah. Because like it's not just about the sound. Because uh, Possessed definitely had that sound in the eighties. Um, but I think it's not just the sound of the of the vocals. Uh, but also the 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 tempo of the music and the lyrical content that make it death metal, and I really think uh, Scream Bloody Gore was the album that that gave us that. Yeah, that's 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 my favorite from Death. That's I know it's the most primitive one, but that's <laughs> yeah you know, one of the faster ones, and it's got a lot of the horror and gore since Chris Reefer was probably writing a lot of the lyrics. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to put it, is that it's the most uh, primitive as far as the sound, because they really evolved over years as far as their, their technical sound that they brought in on human and stuff like that. Right. Um, but I also, like, that's one of my favorites, like Scream Bloody Gore and Leprosy, which are very early albums, 
those are the ones that I go to. But that's again, that's like the, my introduction to death. I think leprosy was the first one that I ever heard, uh, actually, and it kind of just sucked me in from there. And so I'm particularly fond of that stuff because it was like the first stuff I heard. Yeah, like yeah, uh, I, I had a subscription to like Guitar World for like. 12 years or some shit when I first started playing guitar. So like they brought death into uh like into the issues a lot. So that was kind of like my introduction to them and like learning the like shit. Like so here's a death solo and shit. Uh but um like so that was like what my like familiarity was. And then like going back and reading this book and finding like Napalm Death is like the first band they start with. And then that kind of everything kind of evolves from that. But we have all the tape trading and who knows. But like it made me go back and listen to more like Napalm Death stuff where it is like it's not technical at all. There's no like it's it's more like uh, aggression. It's feeling and shit like that. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. It kind of has more of a root. It kind of has more of a root in uh, in thrash. Uh, yeah. like in that, in that, you know, and almost like that speed and thrash kind of like building upon what Slayer did. Um, like, you know, and like in going into that with the late eighties with Napalm Death and stuff like that. Yeah. Ryan, didn't you just read something, uh, another book or was it the same book? Was it Choosing Death that you read? Choosing Death. Uh, damn, what was I? <laughs> there, you were there reading are one I, like we were talked about it when you were when we were working on the book like uh like there wasn't there one that you had read recently that was all about it all about death metal it might have been uh <laughs> <laughs> was it until the light takes us that black metal book no no it wasn't that one i don't i'm trying to remember no, there was some music book. I uh, re- recently acquired uh, Rotting Ways to Misery, though, which is about the Finnish death metal scene. Oh, okay. And there's uh, just a book called Swedish Death Metal that's worth checking out. Yeah, yeah. And, we've talked. We've talked a lot about. Well, I mean, we've talked British as well with Carcass and Napalm Death. But we've talked mostly about American death metal, but there, like, this is something that. Uh, spread across the globe, you know, as far as, uh, you know, like Swedish death metal is a huge thing and the whole black metal movement. Uh, but then you're kind of getting into different subcategories of death metal. Yeah. So starts to get dicey there. Yeah. We could go probably 10 episodes, I'm sure. Easy. We could. <laughs> we could. You heard yeah. it here first. Ryan Harding has agreed to 10 episodes, <laughs> 10 episodes. about metal on Vital Social Issues and stuff. Tune in. Behind well, I mean, the, glory, been... the glory hole paywall. Well, <laughs> I've been mentioned, that, that you know, on, Sorry. I even mentioned on the last episode, uh, like a band like Brujeria, uh, where, I mean, they're, they're an American band, but all of their songs are in Spanish. Uh, and their death metal band, but every song is in Spanish, you know, and so like that kind of shows you how far this has reached, you know, over the years. I mean, we can talk about Sepultura as well. Like, if we're like, that's Spanish. Well, like, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, but they're all they're, but, like, but, they're but, South American. They, but... No, I know, and we did mention them on the last show. They are South American. They are from Brazil, uh, but their songs are are in English. Um, so, but that's my point is that this is how it's spread across the globe. Uh, you know, these, these, you know, death metal music has kind of, 
it's much more than just American and British, you know, and, and even you know Swedish and Icelandic black metal and all that. It's kind of expanded everywhere. Yeah. You know? Like oh, yeah. thousands of them now. Yeah. Yeah. What, what did I what did I say in the afterword? There were like forty thousand yeah. bands that were on death metal bands that were yeah. on metal archives. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely crazy how it's ex- how it's exploded in relatively, uh, well, I mean, I don't know, 30 years, you know, it's relatively short, depending on how old you are. <laughs> it seems it seems like short to me. Right. Uh, but then I'm like, oh, yeah, shit, I was 14 when I first really started to get into this shit. You know, it's a long time. Yeah, for sure. In what fact, I had uh uh, butchered at birth i i had a butchered at birth t-shirt uh that i got sent home from school i was in ju- i was in junior high school for christ's sake and like the butcher birth shirt was the cover of the album with like the corpses ripping out the dead baby from the fucking dead woman like it's a gruesome gruesome album cover and like that was the cut co- that was the shirt and then on the back it said butcher birth and i had this a skeletal fetus and i got sent home from from junior high, dude. From junior fucking high, like how hilarious is that? You know, like that's how, how far back this just goes in my life. <laughs> oh, it, it might have been the U.S. the book about you know uh, U.S. black metal because I read that back in January, I guess. Okay, uh, I remember at some point, like when we were working on the book, you had said that you we're going to write the afterword because you were really immersed in this book about death metal that you're okay. reading. Okay. So I don't know, like maybe you've read more than one. That sounds like so. <laughs> That's all right, yeah. Ryan. I've smoked all of these memories that I've talked to Chris about it, <laughs> as well. Yeah. So it's like you know, we we detox to me. He's like, you were gonna do this, right? And I'm like, yes, yeah. it was. Even when I was at his house, in yeah. his bed, in his bed. No, he wouldn't let me sleep in his bed. But would, no, at the foot of his bed when I slept. Dude, it's uh, it's nothing against you, by the way. I just I wouldn't let any man sleep in my bed with me. That's just not my thing. That's weird to me. I'm not woke enough for that. <laughs> wrapping up this death metal thing, Ryan, I, Ryan Harding, I cannot uh, thank you enough for joining us to this yeah, episode. Dude. Yeah, uh, it was an amazing thing. I think we probably have to come back. Like these these music episodes are uh, fun. And they also span, like, there's just so much information. So uh, look to more of these in the future. Like, we could, like, do some other uh, genres and grab people. We'll probably have to do some more death metal and have uh, Ryan on back back to this, uh, I think. But, like, you know, Night Stalkers comes out tomorrow yeah. on Equal Cookie Press, uh, and you should all get it. And, and if, uh, if you enjoy death metal, you'll enjoy that book. Yeah, and and look for like uh, the Spotify playlist of the uh, chapter titles that we will put together and and post on chrisandjohnwayne.com. K R I S. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on the show. We appreciate you being on this show, man. I can't yeah. believe that you signed the uh, waiver to even agree <laughs> to have your name to this. So. You know, yeah, thank yeah. you. I didn't listen yeah. to my attorney, so I'll, I'll learn better from you next time. <laughs> you got to get Nick as your attorney, man. He's really about it. <laughs> yeah, they're like Duke and Laszlo, apparently, like, you know, fear and loathing style. Yeah. <laughs> we definitely have enough drug. I mean, anyway, and. Uh, <laughs>
Dad. Thank you guys. Uh, this has been awesome. Um, Get Night Soccer's. It's available tomorrow on everything. Yep. Uh, Amazon, EvilCookiePress.com. I imagine it's on Godless. Uh, if you uh, have, God... if you folks haven't checked out Godless, you really should. It's all about supporting indie horror authors. Uh, Godless.com. Uh, Drew Stepic, the author of um, uh, uh, Knuckle, uh, shit, Knuckle Duster. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not, I'm uh, Knuckle I'm Supper. Really, uh, Knuckle really... Supper, I'm sorry. I like. I had too much drink now. No. Knuckle Supper. Uh, yeah, he, he created this great website for indie horror authors. So it's available there. It's available on Nook and Barnes and & Noble and all that shit too. Um, so yeah, check it out. Check it out. And check us out. You know where to do it. Yes, and check out Ryan Harding. Definitely check out a fantastic horror author. Uh, again, Ryan, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been great, man. Yeah, I've had a great time, man. Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, yeah dude, thanks. Sorry, and thanks and sorry. Thanks and sorry. <laughs>